Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIBABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550, 5500 is the five line. You can watch me on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. You can watch me do the show right there in front of you. You can also uh, see me after the show on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as Audible. Download my free app that I've created at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com, and subscribe at rockoftalk.news, where you can... Follow along with the uh, show notes. It's been a, a very, very good day. Very good Friday. I'm excited for tomorrow. Our lineup of Saturday shows is uh, an exciting one, especially since we're going to be live from 1, all the, 1 in the afternoon tomorrow all the way to 3 a.m. the very next day as we welcome in here this on Friday. A uh, high of only 50 degrees, folks. Uh, I had ice on my windshield. Not sure about where you were at on this, but getting cold it's time to start bundling up and then we gotta what is it fall back uh, hopefully that'll be the last time covered the daylight savings time fiasco yesterday uh if you're lucky i might uh, decide to go ahead and do the espanola police blotter to wrap the show uh, during our third hour 57 days until 2023 that means there is 50 days until christmas folks yep that is uh, right and a lot to get to including our poll question uh, a little uh psa for all of you uh, here on this beautiful Friday. General Election Day is Tuesday, November the 8th. Early voting ends tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Uh, I believe it's 7. I think it's 5 on Saturday. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Five or, in either way, don't wait. Get out there. Go do something. Uh, we have the caravan, the Go Red caravan that's happening uh, right now, folks. And I'll tell you where that's at, where you can meet up. I believe that they're meeting up over at Cottonwood this afternoon and uh it should be a good time got a lot of feedback from yesterday's show uh especially during uh, my interview with uh, one tom grover talking about how the governor is cheating aren't the democrats always cheating uh so uh, there it is verified out there kob doing their very best to cover up kob gate that's what we originally named it you'll get the transcript this evening along with uh, tomorrow's uh, show notes all ready to go so we will be back voting on tuesday after a hiatus on Sunday and Monday, folks. So you had to request your absentee ballot yesterday. If you didn't, you need to show up at the polls from now until 7 p.m. tonight. Head on over to Dascalos Plaza or tomorrow until 5 p.m. and your voice, your vote. So let's see how we have been doing. Nationally, there's a red wave. Don't know if that's going to happen here. There won't be a red wave. I know that that's for sure. Um, but I do know that Mark Ronchetti is within striking distance and can get elected. He's been noted. He's been brought up. Uh, he had some good airings on uh, Fox News. He was on Hannity. He has had a number of places uh, where he has shown up. Great job, Mark. Uh, win or lose, whatever happens. And I hope it's going to be a win. Okay. But it's going to take all of you. Mark, you've run an excellent campaign. Couldn't be prouder of you, buddy. You're doing a great job out there representing us Republicans, uh, you, your wonderful wife, Christy, and your kids, who have no doubt been put through the ringer during this time. Uh, also, Yvette Harrell, you've been a, a tremendous, I think, inspiration in how you fought off Pelosi and everybody else coming in here. So uh, please, folks, uh, get involved with their campaign. So here's the results here. Early voting higher than in past U.S. midterms. This is national from Gallup. Click the link, rockoftalk.news. 41% of registered voters plan to vote early, which is up. 
from 34% in 2018. So that's a significant movement, 7% more uh, this time around. More than twice as many plan to vote in person than in absentee ballots. So that is nice. You know, I don't think people really trust the mail. Good job, Republicans, casting doubt on the dropping of the absentee ballots. My kids are here in studio. They're enjoying themselves some Friday Dion's Pizza Dion. So that's uh, very cool. And then Democrats are more likely than Republicans to vote early. Now, I will tell you that the turnout so far seems to be pretty tepid. I know that people aren't particularly happy. I've talked to some other uh, quote-unquote experts out there. They're not happy with the turnout. Many of them are happy that this is all going to end Tuesday. Now, with that being said, I'm going to tell you that we are likely going to go into, I believe, um, I'm forecasting a runoff. I believe that uh, we're going to be spending the next couple of days after the election because I think it's going to be that close. I think it's going to be within under 10,000 votes uh, one way or the other. I think everyone's going to turn out, um, and I'll ask some questions for you this afternoon as we get into the first, second, and third hour, so I'll line up the show like that. My question of the day, poll question of the day, is which of the following applies to you? You've already voted in this year's election, ladies and gentlemen, either by absentee ballot or early voting. Opportunities in your state here in New Mexico. You plan to vote before election day, either by absentee ballot or early voting opportunities. I asked you the question. Nice turnout on the voting. Thank you. I appreciate you guys showing up and checking off the box at rockoftalk.news. Plan to vote early or voted. 73% of you. I've planned to vote early or have already voted. I'm in the category of already voted. I cast my ballot yesterday or two days ago. You can see my ballot directly, and I want you all to vote exactly the way that I voted, if you don't mind, at The Rock of Talk on Twitter. We'll get to Twitter and the layoffs. Layoffs! Yep, a lot of those people got laid off. And then uh, plan to vote on Election Day, 27% of you. Uh, I urge you to just go out there. Just go ahead and uh, get your ballot cast, put it in there. I think that's one of the things that we are uh, doing a disservice. We need 100% turnout for us Republicans uh, this time around, and we are motivated. We smell blood in the water, and we're going after it, baby, and it does look good. Don't forget, folks, uh, my newsletter that you get every day uh, is a daily radio newsletter. Subscribe. Get all 15 sections from the five-time radio show of the year. Wow. Ordered by the Albuquerque Journal. Also, you'll receive every commercial-free podcast. A link to the Rock of Talk TV broadcast. I'm asking 16 cents a day for 1600 Five bucks a month or 50 bucks a year. And just go ahead and sign up. So our questions uh, for the day here on this beautiful Friday, November the 4th. One, how will the Democrats react to losing so badly on Tuesday? Hmm, I wonder. What do the layoffs tell us about the economy? Boy, they cut off half, if not more, Nice uh, late-night uh, cutoff, 3 a.m. there for Twitter. I was uh, trolling a lot of the twits uh, that got released. Oh, they were crying. See what you get for banning us all from Twitter, for casting judgment on us? We have now cast judgment on you. And it turns out there wasn't a whole lot of sticks and bricks involved in Twitter. Uh, in fact, uh, Elon doesn't see much value. He's going to have to do a lot of rebuilding. There's way too much appeasement for the employees. Since when is the employer right all the time? These people who work for tweets or at Twitter, I mean, do we really have to please them? Who cares about their stupid virtue signaling and their judgment? I'm glad you got fired. Couldn't be happier about it. Three, why hasn't immigration been a larger topic for 2022? We've absolutely dominated that. We'll get into that during our second hour. Uh, At the bottom of the next hour, with the win on Tuesday, will Fauci be criminally investigated? A whole host of things and opportunities, including one Biden impeachment might be on uh, on the docket uh, for all of us. And then finally, in our third hour, 
since we're already kind of forecasting things across the country. Is Trump negatively affecting Tuesday since he's already hinting at 2024? You've got the date, November 14th. It is 414 right now that he is going to uh, go ahead and talk about uh, his start into 2024. It is hard charging. He is on fire. And, folks, he should absolutely take a lot of the credit for what's happening. I just wish he would have stayed back until when he was ready to go ahead and uh, get involved and actually launch his campaign. All right, when we return, we've got a couple of videos, some audio that I'm going to be sharing with you, including uh, a nice montage about the Biden administration lying for the last three years. And Carrie Lake, a sharp tongue. Oh, she gives it to Hillary in the most indirect way, but a way in which every pundit out there immediately gets it. She's got the uh, the Clinton hit list, and she you know pays homage to that. Uh, back after a quick break here in the Kiva on this Friday afternoon. Thanks, everybody, for listening. here in the Kiva. Freedom Caravan brings signs and flags. They're out at Cottonwood Mall right now if they haven't already gotten started. And uh, Nat, if you're out there, you can go ahead and uh, call in and let us know what you're up to. 10,000 Coors Bypass, the Southeast parking lot for the Freedom Caravan uh, this afternoon. Good turnout last uh, week. I think we had 15, 20 cars. And uh, if you're out there, you know, honk your horns, let them know that we care about this state and what happens to it? We're not going to be an, the abused uh, husband or wife any longer in this uh, spousal abusive relationship that comes between us and our governor and our government, really. Uh, by the way, back on uh, this day in 63, the Beatles performed for the Queen Mother in London town. This uh, was John Lennon commented that people in the cheap seats, the nosebleeds, could clap and the rest could rattle their jewelry. Very funny. Well, look at the, look at John. Uh, he never made it back to the old UK uh, after he... Uh, Went across the London Bridge and into uh, the New World. He, of course, uh, lost his uh, life in early December, uh, way back in 1980. All right, so let's get to it, shall we? Some uh, fun stuff here. Just as a, for you liberals who are all, your heads are spinning, you're about to lose, you're going to start weeping, crying. No! Remember that woman as uh, Donald Trump's getting inaugurated? Well, you're going to get a replay of all that, but... Why don't we get a redo of all the times that Joe Biden and his administration have lied to us? If you happen to uh, think about all the things that they've done in this also very abusive relationship coming from a, a head abuser in chief, that would be Joe Biden. Here's what you heard in these lies. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Getting those shots out for 5 to 11-year-olds is going to provide a lot of comfort to American families. Horses really running them over, people being strapped. A horrific video of the CBP officers on horse on horses using brutal and inappropriate measures against innocent people. We have a secure border. The border is, in fact, secure. The border is closed. The border is secure. The border is secure. <laughs> the border is He's closed. Gone. We've been unequivocal Bye -bye, in that. on the issue of Afghanistan. And to that end, we have seen a successful drawdown of the embassy. I think it's irresponsible <laughs> to say Americans are stranded. They are not. This oh, is yeah. Jim Crow on Look. steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. This is all about keeping working folks in 
ordinary folks that I grew up with from being able to vote. The reconciliation package would cost zero dollars. The cost of these bills in terms of adding to the deficit is zero. Some have expressed publicly that they're not comfortable with uh, 3.5, even though zero costs zero dollars. Zero. Zero. Mm. Zero. Mm. This bill is fully paid for and will not raise taxes on anyone making less than $400,000 What's inflation? Let me say that again, be crystal clear. No one making less than $400,000 a year will pay a single additional penny in tax for all these things that were in the in, in the Build Back Better plan. Mm. If you're a husband and wife, school teacher, and a cop, you're paying at a higher rate than the average person making a billion dollars a year is. My plans do not add to inflationary pressure. The Build Back Better agenda will help reduce inflation, will help cut costs for the American people. If we pass the other two things I'm trying to get done, we will, in fact, reduce inflation. Inflation is going to come down next year. Inflation will come down next year. These inflation uh, rises will be transitory, that they will come back down next year. There's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. No serious economists. We know a lot of folks are struggling with inflation, driven by Putin's war in Ukraine and the global pandemic. The greed of meat conglomerates. You could call it corporate greed, sure. You could call it uh, jacking up prices uh, uh, it, during a pandemic. Even if we drilled as much as we could, uh, the price of oil is still set globally. There's no amount of domestic production we can do to reduce or eliminate our vulnerability as a country to that volatility. We brought down the cost of energy. Wages have gone up higher, faster than inflation. We have a lower inflation rate than most any nation in the, any other nation in the world. The idea that uh, two quarters of negative GDP growth is a technical definition of a recession is wrong. I don't expect a recession. Right now, we don't see a recession. Right now, that is not, we're not in a recession right now. Virtually nothing signals that uh, this period in the second quarter uh, is recessionary. No, no one is predicting a recession now. What we have seen over the course of the last year plus in the United States is a historically strong economic recovery, and that has been supported by this president's economic policy. It is over for the uh, Democrats, and it should be. Uh, the issues that concern this country the most is inflation, okay? And you're seeing that. Now we have job losses and an increasing unemployment rate right at the right time so that we can go ahead and signal to the world that we need to make change, we need to take the lead, and we aren't going to let weak people, weak-minded people who are deferential to woke politics and more interested in talking about cultural issues and various other things than actually the things that government is supposed to do. Provide a baseline detailed organization of how we are going to achieve more and better and how it's a productivity cause, right? Inflation, the price of putting food on the table, paying for gas at the pump, everything that you heard right there, the diminishing value of the money they earn runs away with the ranking as number one, the first and foremost. And that's what people are going to be voting on. It is that simple. Okay. All this stuff could have been reined in for the last year. We have all been subjected to this punishment. In some cases, certain categories have gone north of 30 and 40% in terms of their price increases. Republicans across the country, and even here, targeted Joe Biden and his administration and the policies as the primary cause for the decades high inflation, and we would be right. In a poll, 34%, they believe that Joe Biden is handling the economy well. 61%, and that's 61%, if he were on the ballot, said he is not. Yesterday evening, Biden continued that trend and attempted to tie the alleged attack targeting Paul Pelosi to claims that the 2020 election was stolen, folks. A chief criticism of the presidential election, right, 2020, 
was how long it took, sometimes weeks, to count votes. We're certainly going to be echoing that and putting the pressure on the executive and the administration here in our own state. Let's not forget who runs our election. That'd be Secretary of State Maggie Toulouse-Oliver, who is also on the ballot. $52 million spent on these machines and uh, really nothing to show for it. What we do know for a fact is these are the last five days of Nancy Pelosi as House Speaker, the third most powerful position in the entire country, and she goes out disgraced. She goes out as a woman scorned on every front, on every policy issue, on everything. She has attempted to trivialize Donald Trump. And you might remember the February 5th, uh, 2020 speech in which she ripped up the greatest speech of the State of the Union that has ever had, which included one commending Rush Limbaugh. Ms. Pelosi states, I don't count sheep at night. I count districts. To which I say to Ms. Pelosi, we don't count you at night. We count how many seats we're going to be taking back on Thursday. The New York Times did a fabulous article, Pelosi's last stand. Speaker sprints across the U.S. as Republicans close in, and we are everywhere, all the time. Well, I put out the real clear uh, political map, and this is what is on the course for all of us to achieve in the next five days, really the next two, and then we've got to turn out en masse. This would be a great time to take a couple of days off of work. Meanwhile, you've been forced out of work. You've been told that you can't do this, can't do that when it comes to your work. Mark Ronchetti. The split between Mark Ronchetti and Michelle Lujan Grisham is within three when you blend all the scores together. Okay, And I'm going to go across the states. Kerry Lake is up from an adjusted poll average to 1.8%. She's up 1.8%. Sisolak in Nevada is up. He's the Democrat. 0.9%. Grisham is up 3.3%. These are all real numbers. That is well within closing, especially with a surge of people. If you've never felt like getting involved before, this is the weekend to get involved. Go out, vote. Make sure all your neighbors, your family, your friends, everybody is turning out to vote. Share the, these broadcasts. Let them know that we are within 3.3 points of closing this out. In Minnesota, Walls is up 5.1. That's going to go to a Democrat. Michaels is up 5.1 in Wisconsin. They will have a Republican governor. First is Scott Walker. That's exciting. Gretchen Whitmer is only up 1.6 points over Tudor Dixon over all the polls. The latest polls going more towards Tudor Dixon in the last few days. Shapiro's up eight in uh, Pennsylvania. So you can throw out Minnesota. You can throw out Pennsylvania. Georgia. Camp is up. Um, I'm Brian Camp, 8.5%. And DeSantis is up. 15. These are across every single poll. Survey USA, KOB TV, The Hill, Albuquerque Journal, Trafalgar Group, PPP, etc., etc. And let me just, uh, you know, for those who are counting at home, the most biased poll was the KOB poll. Interestingly enough, they had uh, Ron Ketty losing to Michelle Lujan Grisham in the latest by seven. By seven. Whereas The Hill and Emerson only had Lujan Grisham up by two. Is KOB cheating during this time? I'd say so. They already gave the questions to Miss Luhan Grisham back in 2018. God only knows what they did here in 2022. Another poll they ran from October 1st to October 6th had Michelle Luhan Grisham up 53-47. What does KOB, what's in, what interest do they have in this? And also their last, their first one had, them, had her up 12 points, 48-36. They're driving the communication back in three. 
35 here. Boston, uh, there it is. Uh, more than a feeling. I've got more than a feeling. I've got data, stats, all these things. Back in uh, 78, uh, the band Boston played the city of Boston uh, for the first time in a sold-out show. So there you go. Uh, also on this day, 1980, Republican Ronald Reagan won the White House as he defeated President Jimmy Peanuts Carter substantially in, uh, in that uh, big win. So just getting back to this and uh, drilling down on all of the numbers. Now, we know a state away, and we're going to hear about from someone, in my opinion, who is equally as awesome as Mark Ronchetti, and that would be Carrie Lake. Where is that coming from? Where, is, what, where did that step in at? I don't even know. What, someone, someone ringing in? Is that? Oh, I don't even know what that was. The rings. All right. So back to the real clear politics as I'm looking at this and evaluating this. You had the Hill, KOB, Albuquerque Journal, Trafalgar. What I basically told you when it came to the spread, if you will, between Michelle Lujan Grisham and Mark Ronchetti is 3.6, or excuse me, 3.3. So I did adjusted poll average numbers on this day. Okay. Now here is the projections from Rear Clear Politics. Of all those that I have put, of those nine, they are predicting that we pick up six of those nine, including Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, Florida. The three that are in the losing column, Pennsylvania, that is out of the way. Minnesota, no way we can close that. But we can close New Mexico. In fact, let me tell you, New Mexico, you'll be able to make history. If we get seven of those ten done, it that will uh, firm up all without any of a doubt that this was indeed a red wave. If you want to make the red wave happen anywhere, it is here. My friend Lombardo, who's married to my friend Donna Alderson in uh, Nevada, he will be the new governor beating Sisolak, and I'm very excited about that. Look, Salt, he'll be your new senator uh, coming out of uh, Nevada, so I'm very excited about that as well. He, of course, being the son of President, or excuse me, of Senator Domenici back in the day. So, had to go and evaluate all the polls, look at everything. Larry Sabato is one, the Sabato Crystal Ball at the University of Virginia Center for Politics. And, you know, he, he was pretty lengthy on this final write-up before we get to the actual election. Okay? And I get it in my inbox. You can sign up for it as well. And uh, he had some nice things to say, and I'm going to read it to you. And I thought that this was probably as good a thing as you could say for someone. Remember, these guys are paid on how accurate they are. Our gubernatorial toss-ups are divided into two groups. Those that are presidential swing states, Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, definitely in 2020, and those that are not, Kansas and Oregon. Unsurprisingly, there's much more public polling data about the former group compared to the latter. On balance, those numbers, Larry writes, have been slightly better for Republicans than Democrats. Arizona win, Nevada win, Wisconsin win in those swing state races. As the Republican lean of this election cycle reasserts itself, we're curious to see if Republicans can cut into the leans or even likely Democratic-rated races. This is all the news that's happening everywhere. It's like, where can we get a breakthrough? We can get a breakthrough here. This is our best, and I would say our only chance, our only chance appears to retain the lead over Mark Ronchetti in the likely Democratic-rated races. Of those mentioned first by Larry Sabato in his Friday write-up, Republicans seem most interested in New Mexico. 
Out of all the lean, likely Democrat-rated states, they're most interested nationally. So if we steal one here in the state of New Mexico, if we steal one for Mark Ronchetti, if he's able to get that win, okay, they're going to say red wave. Michelle Lujan Grisham appears to retain a lead, although perhaps just a small one. Over 2020 Senate nominee Mark Ronchetti. Then, of course, you've got Gretchen Whitmer, Kathy Hochul in New York, with Whitmer probably the most realistic prospect of getting toppled, if only because Michigan is the most competitive of those states, and New York also has a chance as well. Uh, they also have uh, an election in Maine where Governor Janet Mills faces a predecessor, Paul LePage, a Republican, because it just seems like Mills has remained decently positioned the entire time, but the GOP wave environment could be another upset possibility to monitor as well. So that is on the docket. That is out there. We're already going to win the House. Looks like it's definitely going to be the Senate as of today. We can almost call that uh, the Senate. It's going to be at least 52-48. In my, pers- in, my, in my opinion, I should say, the poster child for the strength of the Republican Party has been none other than Carrie Lake. And I want you to just take this snippet as what is so incredibly appealing. And I want to sort of review this from the perspective of we have had our asses handed to us for the last two and a half years. Between the cheating at the polls, between the lockdowns, between the humiliation, the forced vaccinations, between the, uh, you know, coming out and stealing the uh, election at one, two in the morning, dumping all those votes. Like we have been humiliated. Plus all the virtue signaling at holidays, uh, all of these social media bans. Uh, how about going after Steve Bannon, Alex Jones? I'm not defending them, but just going after anybody who seems to be carrying the flag. And most of all, after kicking our asses by going into unstopped, the FBI raids Mar-a-Lago literally for no reason. Here's your come up. It's, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. She's amazing. She's going to be your new governor in the state of Arizona. First, it was Liz Cheney last week, and I just laughed that off. And now I'm living rent free in Barack Obama's mind and then Eric Holder today. But I was a little concerned today. I'm going to be honest when I saw Hillary Clinton bad mouthing me <laughs> and she looked she looked angry and actually scared and and uh, just uh, completely unrelated. I want you to know, just in case you're wondering, I'm in perfect health. My brakes on my car are in good shape and I'm not suicidal. And we're going to win this thing on Tuesday. <laughs> I, I think one of the things that has endeared you to the people of Arizona and around the country is you got a great sense of humor and you got a good comeback for everything. That's what we need. I think uh, Sean Hannity just nailed it, didn't he? You have a good sense of humor. You have a comeback for everything. Now, I wish we could have put Mark's sense of humor more on display. I wish he had a good comeback uh, if he actually was able to be in front and in control. And this is a tale of two states. Look how the media treated Republicans and treated Mark Ronchetti versus versus Michelle Lujan Grisham this entire time. Even though Michelle Lujan Grisham was fed the questions from KOB Channel 4, and I can say that with confidence because the guy who's putting out that information is an attorney and did his due diligence, and interestingly enough, he's also a guy that sued me in the middle of my campaign, all right? Now, I beat him, and we beat them, and that was good, but I do know enough that he was willing to go ahead and he's not going to just cross over something for the, for the sake of crossing over something. The other tale is how the media treated Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake walked around, mic'd up, 
filmed and she had all of these various snippets that could be recorded and then put back out there. And what was amazing about her, and I thought Mark did a really nice job, especially on Twitter when he was reading the mean tweets and, you know, involving his, his daughters and, and everything. But the difference was, is that's not mainstream coverage. That didn't get the mainstream kick that Carrie Lake is getting. Make no mistake about it, the liberal media in Arizona and in Phoenix is definitely not for Carrie Lake. In fact, you could say that they're almost jealous of her. But they are airing out all her pieces, just like that one right there. And that is getting some grip. Now, I want to say something here in locally. The Albuquerque Journal, shame on you for not publishing Chairman Steve Pierce's October 19th write-up on fair elections. I think that was ridiculous especially since you took such an incredibly hard line and said, anybody who doesn't believe in the results of the 2020 election is essentially disqualified. Okay. We've got to stop that. We should be able to question our elections because come Wednesday, all the Republicans, they're going to be on the hot seat because in every Republican district, they're going to start questioning the elections of wherever we won. That's just the way this game has been played. This back and forth tennis match for nearly a quarter of a century is going back all the way to 2020. I mean, since 2000, since Bush and and Gore and um, Broward County, okay? This thing is uh, going to drag on. So I don't want you to just feel like we're going to come to some finality uh, in the end of all this. So I think it looks good if you'll help us close it, if you'll get people out there, okay? General Election Day, Tuesday, November the 8th. Early voting ends tomorrow at 5 p.m. We're going to be joined by Natalie here. She's going to let us know where she's at. And uh, we'll take a quick break. Back, back in three, we'll check on weather and traffic with Rudy Grande, who's out at Monty Cigar Shop this afternoon. I know there's something in the wake of your smile. I get a notion from the look in your eyes. Yeah. You built the love, but that love for support. Your little piece of heaven turns to dust. Listen to your heart. Kiva, 450 actually. 1991, Ronald Reagan opened his presidential library in Simi Valley, California, attending where uh, I remember that day. It was specific. I was watching Good Morning America. He had George H.W. Bush. Also had uh, Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford, and Richard Nixon, the first other gathering of five past and present U.S. chief executives of these United States. 550, 50, 500. Here in the Kiva, Roxette on this day hit number one with that song in 89. It was the first number one song to be available only on cassettes. My kids don't even know what those are, but they're starting to get into all that retro stuff, right, with the Stranger Things and uh, that. Let's check on uh, with the uh, rally guys who are out there roaming around the city of Albuquerque for the <laughs> Vote Red, uh, Nat Jaybird and uh, Caravan of how many cars, Nat? How are you? Hey, Eddie, we're out here. We just turned on to Paseo. Uh, we've got probably about two dozen cars right now and a few more lined up to meet us en route around the city. We are stopping and going through the some of the busiest intersections across Albuquerque. So we started off at Coors and transversed over to Alameda 
And now we're over here at Paseo by the Walgreens and headed over to Paseo in Wyoming, and then we're going to take Wyoming south. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. We've been getting lots of honks and uh, lots of thumbs up from other drivers. So it's, it's an awesome day to vote red. It is, and uh, votes are open until 7 p.m. tonight. And, uh, Nat, I know that you've got your live show tomorrow, so let's do you a quick plug. You'll be on from 3 to 6. What will you be talking about, you and Jaybird, on the Liberty Lovers? <laughs> yeah, Liberty Lovers will be uniting tomorrow in the Kiva. Um, we've got some interesting things here. We've got some local things stewing. Uh, Jaybird, what was that you were uh, wanting to talk about tomorrow? in the kiva oh man um my brain is fried right now let me <laughs> wow, tell you this, right. trying to keep everybody together has been uh, kind of a a trick but we're, we're getting it done but um you know i just i just want to talk more about um the republican party i mean we it's broken yes but it's what we've got it's what we've got to work with and this is we can't throw our votes away on some some crazy uh, vindictive, angry woman. We've had that for four years. We don't need. Are you still actually seeing? It? Are you still actually even seeing that? Uh, she wasn't even mentioned all week. It's just all foolishness uh, that's but out there. Got, so we've got some people who have joined in here to try and and make their influence known. But it's really it's, they've tried to interrupt uh, your caravan, your vote red caravan. Yes, they've got nothing better to do. There you go. Get rid of those libertarians. Get rid of those naysayers. Uh, in fact, I just got a text from one of uh, them right now. Uh, I believe that he happened to run for sheriff, and he's like, we got a chat soon. I said, about? And I didn't even know it was him. Yeah, he's like, rhino, rhino narrative propaganda, reality and fantasia, election fraud, and wrong Chetty. I'm not about to do it. I'm getting rid of Michelle Lujan Grisham, and uh, your fat Indian from uh, the reservation isn't going to get it done. I'll just leave it like that. All right, so uh, I'm really sick and tired of the woke identity politics. I can't believe that they would try and do this. She should be subjected to the sore loser laws, and more important, uh, she should be prosecuted for running uh, in spite of that. She did participate in the Republican primary, but that's a story for another day. Uh, she's probably on Michelle Lujan Grisham's payroll. Vote for Mark Ronchetti. Vote for Yvette Harrell. Vote for all Republicans straight up and down the ticket. Thanks, guys, uh, for joining in. Sorry to hear that that's going on, but, uh, hey, it's New Mexico. You know, the libertarians get out of the... Uh, race in Arizona, but not here in the state of New Mexico. They want to go ahead and interrupt everything they possibly can. You know, some people just don't get it right. Uh, there's nothing else that you can possibly say about that. So let's continue because we got to talk about the most important issue, which of course is inflation, unemployment. And I think we should also, you know, probably reference the fact that there were a number of layoffs today. Layoffs. Yes. Layoffs. Uh, it is uh, not good. I wonder what type of, um, crying we're going to see the new york times sort of wrote about it says fearing a show new shellacking democrats rush for an economic message this was printed on october the 24th i shared it it's one of the easter eggs right behind one of the graphics uh, that you have right there but i think it'd be more important for us to answer one of the questions what do the layoffs tell us about the actual economy now we've had it propped up by wall street had it propped out by Low interest rates, certainly that's exactly what Barack Obama, he didn't get one interest rate increase the entire time. Okay, Fortune Magazine writes about it this morning, Tristan Bove, uh, in yesterday morning's, uh, yesterday afternoon's article, Silicon Valley is telling us something about the recession to come with a huge wave of layoffs and hiring fees this week. It also included Amazon, it included Uber, 
Uh, and of course, you had uh, Twitter this morning. There's a nice picture of uh, Mr. Twitter himself, uh, Elon Musk. Amazon announced it would no longer fill certain corporate positions. Apple said it would stop hiring in every department. They also joined other megatap tech companies, including Facebook, Meta, Google Parent, Alphabet, and they have all frozen hiring over the past few months. Meanwhile, tech companies, including payments provider Stripe, ride-hailing service Lyft, resorted to layoffs while saying the souring economy was becoming increasingly unfavorable for tech. More tech layoffs may be coming soon with Twitter, uh, and that happened this morning at the time of the writing of this article. And I can go into the various things, but the long and the short of it is, is uh, there's no longer a tech boom. People are going to be falling out of their houses in areas that have high concentrations. I would imagine if there was a real estate market to actually watch right now, I would watch the Silicon Valley rental market. I would uh, look at the not just the rental market. I'd also look at the um, uh, the housing for sale market and see what uh, actually uh, hits the market. So here is uh, here's what's happening in California. And he's angry. He's an angry man. He's a man who wants to be president. Uh, Joe Biden will resign. He will be forced to resign or he's going to get impeached. It's one or the other. And uh, this is likely going to be your leading candidate until they remove him uh, from the front runners and they install Michelle Obama. Yep. This guy, Governor Gavin Newsom. California Governor Gavin Newsom's race for re-election is not close, so he's campaigning for embattled Democrats. There he is with Michelle Does it feel like a red wave? Yeah, of course it does. And, and again, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, of course it does. It feels like a red wave because it is a red wave, Gavin. I'm paid to say that. I'm paid to say, you know, we faint and feel. I mean, I get it. Look, I mean, I could be the cheerleader. I'm also a pragmatist. You feel it. Newsom with one of his party's biggest digital... All right, I'll bring it back there in a sec. I want to make sure that our guys over at Rock of Talk uh, TV can uh, say that. And uh, here is the video. Now you can finally see it on uh, Rock of Talk TV. I apologize. Uh, California. Uh, I'm not paid to say that. I'm paid to say, you know, we faint and feel. I mean, I get it. Look, I mean, I could be the cheerleader. I'm also a pragmatist. You feel it. Newsom, with one of his party's biggest digital and fundraising operations, sounds like a Democrat with bigger ambitions. And it goes to my fundamental grievance with my damn party. We're getting crushed on narrative. We're going to have to do better. That's right. In terms of getting on the offense and stopping on the damn defense. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California. Newsom recently bought advertising in states like Florida and Texas, further elevating his profile. He's practiced at deflecting the presidency question. No. How can he be so sure? Uh, Because it's not my ambition. It's not the direction that I'm leaning into. Uh, It's not the moment. So one way to answer that question is I will never run for president of the United States. Can you say that? Yeah, I have no interest. Newsom told us he, unlike some ambivalent Democrats, wants President Biden to run again. Listen it's to been this. a master class the last two years. Not necessarily <laughs> ineffective community. A master class. This is a man who can't even ascend a flight of steps to get into Air Force One. You'll see the picture at rockoftalk.news. And he's talking about a master class? You've literally missed every single point. Education and generating narrative. But in terms of the substance under the circumstance, with all the headwinds and obfuscation and opposition, I think it's been remarkable. Wow. Those circumstances for the president would get tougher if Republicans take the House. Kevin McCarthy, a Speaker of the House, fills you with what? I don't want to say it out loud, but fear. But fear, fear what he's baby, done to fear. aid and abet this notion, the big lie, 
how he's aiding and abetting functionally authoritarian leaders oh, across yeah. who? Who? Uh, his party. Trump? Um, Trump? Yeah, it scares the hell out of me. Trump? We asked Kevin McCarthy's office for a response to Newsom and did yeah. not hear back. Good. Newsom will spend the next week campaigning in California for Democrats in unexpectedly close House <laughs> races. It's his effort to bail out a party he says Nora is being, quote, destroyed on messaging. Now you might want to uh, uh, take heed there, Democrats, from your uh, head Democrat. That would be Gavin Newsom. And I would imagine that he'd probably make some tech stops uh, up in San Francisco where his aunt Nancy Pelosi is about to lose her job in five days. Back at you for hour two here at the ABQ when we return. Thanks for listening. Live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday. The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. Subscribe at rockoftalk.news. You'll have all the show notes plus all the links to everything that I'm sharing here. And you can go share it with a friend who doesn't listen and say, hey, listen to the Rock of Talk Monday through Friday from 4 to 7. Got an important announcement coming up on Tuesday, which will change that. And, uh, yep, yep, we're going to talk about that. But you're getting it first on a Friday because you're listening. You're the hardcores, right? We lose about a third of our audience on a Friday afternoon. I don't know what you're doing. He's out there smoking a doobie or something. He's out there pounding beers. I don't know what's going on. But uh, you just lose that. And I did put all of our stats for our listeners uh, that wanted to go ahead and subscribe and you get them right at the bottom. And it's a massive number of people who are listening. You're very interested in what's going on in the election as you should be. Mark Ronchetti as within 3.3 of closing that gap. Karen Bedoni, get the hell out of the race. Okay. Before something, before something, that's all I'm going to say. We'll just leave it right there. 550, 500. Let's jump into it, uh, here on this, uh, hour number two and talk a little bit more and in depth about the tech layoffs because, they're also going to impact here, likely here, at least according to KOB Channel 4. I don't know. Is it news to be trusted, Tessa? I uh, don't know. Uh, was my was my uh, candidate forum very fair when I, I was there with you, you and Chris Ramirez? Ramirez! Uh, he actually admittedly put that in there. I retweeted that. You can find me on Twitter at The Rock of Talk. Except no invitations at The Rock of Talk uh, on Twitter, I retweeted Tom Grover. Yeah, I'm literally retweeting the attorneys who sue me. They're stopped because it will take, it takes Iraq working with uh, Iran at this point to go ahead and put everything together. We can all be friends if it's unified in purpose, which is removing that woman from the fourth floor in the city, in the city of Santa Fe, in the state of New Mexico. That's what we've got to do. All right, so report from KB Channel 4. Spencer Schnott, this might be the worst name in uh, all of the news here. <laughs> What's your last name? Schnott. How do I spell that? Uh, well, it's like snot with the S-C-H in front. Literally. I mean, that's what it is. But but it's it's uh, more like uh, a crystal knocked, if you know how to spell that. Bad, bad time. According to the Bloomberg report, Intel is planning to cut thousands of jobs by the end of the month. This was released October 14th. If you have any Intel, pardon the pun here, please uh, let me know uh, what, if any, jobs were released from Rio Rancho. But... I know that Joe Biden was out there bragging about that we were going to be a chip production leader. That is never going to happen in this country again. We had a shot at it when Donald Trump was president. 
We were certainly, you know, R&Ding and innovating and all doing all that kind of stuff. So we could, Chandler was exploding, Arizona. Why? Because they had built their brand new plant out there, $7 billion with a B. They are growing by leaps and bounds in Arizona. So according to the report from KOB Channel 4, what does it mean for the Rio Rancho site? They didn't really know. They didn't know how to answer it. They didn't know what to say. It's just all speculative. Uh, I believe meant to get clicks and picks and just really kind of taking off the community out there. I mean, after all, we had, I think, somewhere between 7,500 to 8,000 jobs for a time. And then you might remember, oh, I don't know, the the little crash that we had back in uh, 2008, 2009. Let's take a listen. Reports of potential layoffs for Intel employees. A Bloomberg report says Intel is planning to lay off thousands of employees by the end of the month. It leaves many wondering what that means for the company's Rio Rancho site. As Spencer Schott tells us, things are looking okay for Rio Rancho at this point. Intel is one of the largest employers in Rio Rancho, and just last year they announced a $3.5 billion expansion to the campus you see behind me. So when we heard that Intel could be making some layoffs this year, it came as a shock to many community members. The Bloomberg report says people with inside knowledge of the situation say Intel is planning a major reduction of staff, laying off around 20% of their sales and marketing group. I reached out to Intel in New Mexico to see if they could shine any light on the subject, but they declined to comment at this time. There you go. The report was news to the New Mexico Mid-Region Council of Governments. Their workforce administrator, Art Martinez, said in a statement, as far as we are aware, talent acquisition continues at Intel's Rio Rancho campus as they are seeking new employees for the expansion. Chopper 4 flew over the Rio Rancho campus Friday, where construction on their $3.5 billion expansion project continues. And while Intel wouldn't comment on the layoffs, they did say their expansion is moving ahead as planned, something they announced last year. Intel New Mexico is a critical piece of our global factory network. Here's to at least 40 more years. A spokesperson for Intel says the expansion will actually create jobs in New Mexico, including 1,000 construction jobs, and when it's complete, Intel plans to hire another 700 new workers for high-tech jobs. The Bloomberg report says they expect the layoffs to happen in the end of October. So if these rumors of layoffs are true, it sounds like New Mexico will come out relatively unscathed. All right, so uh, where are we on that? Uh, I'd like to know if you happen to have any connection to Rio Rancho. Hopefully we did not lose a job. Lord knows we've lost enough jobs during this time. We've had a difficult time innovating. You know, we've lost companies who picked up and gone everywhere else during the dog and pony show uh, that has become the growth during the Trump administration. And then everybody reacting by going more to red states during the Biden administration. Incidentally, the unemployment rates came out today. We have uh, moved up to 45th, uh, but not because we've improved very much but because other states uh, have uh, actually started going the other direction, which include New York, Alaska, Nevada, Illinois, and the District of Columbia. So these major tech firms announced the layoffs in California. It means something for the rest of the country. And you are going to start to see this as one man tweeted, okay, so now that Facebook, Stripe, Twitter, Lyft are all making cutbacks this week, expect every other private company that hasn't announced layoffs to do so in the next 30 days. What does that look like across the country? Okay, You guys don't want to announce you Democrats do want to announce the recession. So you're going to call it a depression once there's massive layoffs that are going to start happening. If this man is honest about this, or if this man is right, I should say, that'd be the better way to go. 
He says, quote unquote, hashtag the current thing is laying off at least 10 to 30% of your workforce. That would be massive. That'd be epic. That's, that, that'd be depression style layoffs. We were much too optimistic, according to the write-up, about the internet's economy in the near term in 2022 and 2023. And underestimated both the likelihood and impact of broader slowdown. We grew operating costs too quickly. Buoyed by the success we're succeeding in some of the new product areas, we allowed coordination costs to grow and operational inefficiencies to seep in. Now, I think they're a victim of their own bias. They're a victim of their own censorship. These are companies that could have grown that could have saw through these very difficult times had they been less political. As Jimmy Kimmel said itself, has said it himself today, I've lost half my audience just by being anti-Trump. A business is a business is a business. Until right around Barack Obama came into business and ran the country. And then everything became woke, virtue signaling. We started out with things like uh, woke buildings, lead certified, making sure they're economically efficient for the next 50 years to, well, we won't hire these certain types of things or we'll have the proportional recruiting and advancement based upon the ethnic makeup of a country, a county, a state, a city, whatever it happens to be, okay? And now we have sacrificed not having the best and the brightest so that we could be more diverse and look at what's happening. That is a large part of what is happening, plus making it easy living for the rest of these companies that are now going through some very hard time, which include everything from, as I stated, Lyft, Facebook, Twitter, and Stripe. I told you Facebook wouldn't exist in 10 years. I might be eight years ahead of schedule on that. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva on am 6 kiva.bq.fm. What I would tell people is that you don't have to be in pain anymore. Meet Dr. Justin Garzone, medical director at QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in using advanced regenerative medicine to give people lasting relief from chronic joint pain. What's exciting is that I get to see patients with our treatments actually get better. Have you discovered regenerative medicine? It's an all-natural way to use the power of your own body to restore and repair damaged tissue. We're using things that are already in your body, and we're simply concentrating them and then put it in an area of your body that you're having the pain so that your body can start the regenerative process, the healing process. For pain in your knees, hips, back, shoulders, don't assume the old treatments are the only treatments. Avoid drugs and surgery and get lasting relief. Call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 505-226-8688. That's 505-226-8688. 505-226-8688. When it comes to vehicle maintenance and repair, you want a place where you can be sure you're going to get reliable, honest, and quality service. A place where a credentialed automotive expert will work on your vehicle and explain exactly what needs to be done and at a fair and honest price. And so important, where you won't be charged for parts and unnecessary service you may not even need. Now, where's this place? JJ's Premier Tire and Service, a one-stop shop for all your auto needs. Alignments, oil changes, brakes, computerized diagnostics, tune-ups, suspension, air conditioning, and more. And JJ's the tire dealer for all major brands, including Michelin, Firestone, and Goodyear. Hi. 
I'm JJ, and we've built our reputation on honest, fair-priced auto repair. We promise you excellent auto service, and we treat our customers the way we want to be treated. Trust JJ's Premier Tire and Service on San Antonio, just west of Wyoming. Call 821-5771. Want the honesty, affordability, and reliability of a household plumber without the crack? Call Rogers Plumbing and Heating, family-owned and operated since 1973, for all your plumbing needs. Reaching Albuquerque, Baylor, Moriarty, Santa Fe, New Laguna, Pueblo, and anywhere in between. Rogers Plumbing and Heating is not only fast and reliable service, being family-owned and operated since 1973 means they always put their customers first and hold each of their employees to the highest moral, professional, and ethical standards. So when you need a fix without the crack, call Rogers Plumbing and Heating at 243-9703. Hey, it's Eddie Aragon. The staff at ABQ Guns stands for your Second Amendment rights, but they believe other freedoms are under attack by the governor's orders. Small businesses are bearing the weight of those health orders, and ABQ Guns believes she owns our state's economic collapse. ABQ Guns urges you to shop local for firearms, ammo, and accessories. Stop by the shop in Riverside Plaza, on Coors, north of Montano, or visit shop.abqguns.com. ABQ Guns, defenders of your freedom. All right, as we head outdoors, we're going to see a mostly clear sky, and it will be totally clear skies, they tell us tonight, and going into the freezing marks by the time we get up in the morning. But right now, 44 degrees, and from the Monte Cigar Shop Traffic Center, we go out to I-25, see the trip southbound, still pretty tough, right there from Osuna to Montgomery. And as far as the I-40, it's crowded, but moving okay off of uh, I-25 all the way up to Coors Road. Coors Road, a little bit slow right there at Montano, but no accidents or stalls. That's good news. And if your drive takes you to the South Valley right now, Avenida Cesar Chavez, it's going to be slow from Broadway up that bridge to 4th Street, but that seems to be the worst of that. And Rio Bravo, not a bad trip at all this afternoon. A little crowding right there at Broadway, but get beyond the railroad tracks, and you're smooth sailing all the way up to Isleta. Monte Cigar Shop, this is a place to come this weekend on San Mateo, just north of Comanche. We're up to date. Let's step back into the Rock of Talk. wonderful Friday afternoon where the sun sets against those mountains and a goodbye to the yellow brick road that has become the Democrats domination for the last 88 years. I read you a phenomenal account of how all that sort of come came down back in 1910. The newspaper uh, owner uh, ended up running in 1928 and uh, ran for election in 1929. And then after a disputed election on the re-election against uh, Dennis Chavez, who forced him to go back and get counted, he died on his way back, uh, the Republican did, and Dennis Chavez got appointed to that senatorial position, getting elected four more times, but not before, uh, of course, being questioned for the very same things that he accused the Republicans of. And that was way back 85 years ago, folks, or 87 years ago, uh, to be exact. So, you know... I mean, history repeats itself. Go back to yesterday's notes, rockoftalk.com. 
news. If you want to check it out, you can find me on Twitter at The Rock of Talk for all the replays uh, there. If you want to watch the TV stuff, it's right out there. But uh, you really want the organized stuff. Five bucks a month, 50 bucks a year, 16 cents a day to be here in the 1600s. It's an Elton John hour, ladies and gentlemen. Why? Because on this day back in 1974, he released his greatest hits album. And uh, that was pretty awesome. I remember growing up with that, singing Benny and the Jets between my parents in their... Uh, uh, couch truck. Uh, they're they're listening right now from Texas, where they're hanging out uh, right now. And uh, they used to say, "But but but but," he used to sing that. I'm like, now oh, I know what that's like. Now that I'm a father, and the things that my own kids uh, sing to me. All right, so let's discuss this business about immigration that didn't seem to have any part of the communication or the debate. Both parties used to be really aligned right up until 2004. Republicans, Democrats, there was really nobody who had any problem sort of agreeing on where our country was at, okay? Back in 2007, leftist, independent, socialist Bernie Sanders joined 15 Democrats in blocking a bill from a Republican president, that'd be George Bush, that would have provided legal status to millions of undocumented immigrants. In 2013, 14 Senate Republicans backed a bill from a Democratic president that would have granted citizenship to millions of undocumented immigrants. Now, the unemployment rate is starting to go up. The labor participation rate is is funneling down. The long and the short of all this is uh, we now have immigrants that are competing with citizens for jobs, and that is going to happen. And then when things get tough and the tough get going, everybody's going to be against illegal immigration, especially with the dollars flying across the border. So where are we at today? Democrats and Republicans couldn't stand farther apart on immigration. In fact, according to 2022's Gallup polls, 86% of Republicans said they were worried about illegal immigration, only 38% of Democrats. Why? Well, let's just say they've made it relatively pretty easy to go ahead and vote, particularly in other states. And uh, we'll talk about that. One state in particular is the state that you're in, New Mexico. Immigration touches cultural nerves of both parties, right? And that's sort of the way that we've done it. And then you add in a little bit of Trump, and that is what has happened. So I just want to talk about this because this isn't going to be a election-deciding event, but this is something that we in our wheelhouse as Republicans have, and it's going to become more important going back to 2024. <gasps> Donald Trump's set to announce on November the 14th. Guess what is going to be one of his uh, pronged policies, okay? It's going to be the economy. It's going to be crime. It's going to be the Second Amendment. And it's going to be what? Immigration. And during a time when we are economically depressed, we're coming out of an economic depression, which will be announced January 1st with a negative growth. What's going to happen? Donald Trump is going to be running on these things. And the American people are going to be sitting there listening, much like they were in 2015 and 2016. Take a listen. This is new from Gallup. They ask folks the issues they consider the most important, very important. And you see the economy tops it, abortion, second crime, gun policy, immigration. Then you ask folks who say these are the most important issues to them, how they intend to vote. And I think this is interesting, too, because look at this. On all but one of these topics, Republicans have an advantage. And on three of them, the economy, crime, immigration, Republicans have massive advantages over Democrats. So when you look at this issue set, you look at how these voters are breaking along these issues, you see what looks like a significant Republican advantage. But again, you go back to that generic ballot and this is not right now looking like a runaway in the polls for Republicans. All right. That's because the media has controlled the conversation. The media is not talking about immigration right now. 
In fact, we've never had more porous open borders than we do right now. Okay. Alexander Mayorkas, you've seen what he's done. People are pouring through. We've got fentanyl certainly pouring through. That is not the majority of the fentanyl folks. I want you to understand that that is a falsehood. Uh, that's one of the one of the only things us as Republicans have been peddling that I think is 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 a misnomer and it's not true. Is that the majority of the fentanyl is coming in because of Mexican Mex, Mexican cartels and it just simply isn't true. Okay. Other people have decided to go ahead and pad their pockets by bringing fentanyl. Uh, by not being questioned. It's odorless, it's small, and people are sneaking it across the border. And who are they? They're U.S. citizens. 86% of the prosecutions are U.S. citizens who are bringing fentanyl across the border. So now that we've talked about tech, now that we have increased unemployment, we have to actually start talking about issues. Once we take back the House, once we take back the Senate, uh, we've got to work on some issues. And this is going to be one of them that we're going to have to seal up almost immediately. Okay? The crime coming across the border, drugs, coming across the border, and most importantly, the jobs that are lost that are where the transfers the money uh, across the border the other direction. Not good, okay? When these major tech firms announce uh, these layoffs, well, people are going to be scrambling to go ahead and make ends meet, especially if the government should run out of money, and it has, okay? Now, I want you to understand why Democrats and Republicans have split off when it comes to this, right? It's an interesting discussion because you know what the answer is. It's just that you can't quite put your finger on it. Breitbart wrote about a little bit this morning. It says, uh, now that we've naturalized, let's vote. 1.5 million legal immigrants granted citizenship since October of 2021. What are they doing? They're voting. Thankfully, they're into building families. Thankfully, many of them go to church. Thankfully, many of them are looking for a better life. I don't think that they're interested in marijuana legalization or transgender issues or, you know, equal rights for a BLM, whatever that is all about. OK, that's not what they're interested in. That happens to be the things that Democrats overshot everything and they missed. They missed. They missed. We know that we took advantage of it. So it's why we see this huge Latino population, even immigrants are moving over to the GOP, say those people are in line with our issues. We want to join them. OK, now. This is uh, also interesting. NPNA, okay, the National Partnership for New Americans. They said, we're happy to report an estimated 1.52 million new citizens of fiscal year and fiscal year 2022, which ended, and it's sent by an email to its new National Partnership for New Americans. It has many subgroups that help migrants apply for citizenship in the Department of Homeland Security, which is run by pro-migration zealot Alejandro Mayorkas. The help included guidance in filling out forms, legal advice, and money to pay the application fees even, right? So during 2020, about 1 in 10 U.S. voters were born outside the United States. The actual number of new voters to the Democratic Party may be less than 1 million, and their impact may be offset by a turnout increase among native-born Americans, okay? Many of the new citizen immigrants may not register to vote. Some will register, some may not vote, and will pull a few lever for the GOP candidates. So this is an advantage, uh, no doubt, to them, okay? Let's let them vote. That's what the Democrats want. So I went to sort of put pen to paper with this whole thing, and I said, okay, well, let's, let's get into this. You know, NPNA, what are they? My goodness. There's the link. Who are we? National Partnership for New Americans. NPNA. El Centro de Igualidad y Derechos. New Mexico, New American voters report the past four years in COVID-19 pandemic have exposed and exacerbated existing racial, social, and economic inequities. 
and by turning out our communities to vote through El Centro's nonpartisan Nuestro Voto Cuenta campaign. We have the opportunity to elect politicians that support the issues that are important to our communities. You mean the ones that you tell us to? From economic relief to dignified wages, paid sick leave, healthcare, immigration policies that keep our families together, not separated like Trump. We started Fabiolola Landeros, a new citizen voter and community organizer for El Centro Poder y Acción. Folks, this whole thing is talking about the headline, Newly Naturalized New Mexico can sway the outcome of the 2020 election. It couldn't be more black and white. Written right there. They're bringing them in to sway the outcome of the election. The National Partnership is talking about how we just brought in 1.8 million people. Then they put it out there, partnershipfornewamericas.org. You can find it at rockoftalk.news. Somos el centro and NPNA report finds. Nancy Flores could not be more proud. New Mexico County breakdown. While they reside, reside largely outside of Bernalillo and Donani, they also have large concentrations in Chavez, Otero, Curry, Luna, Los Alamos, and Taos. That's what they're here for. They're here to vote. They'll let them do anything they want. Back in three. Go back to the rock of talk. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. Touchdown brings me around again to find. I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh, no, no, no. It's going to be a long, long, long time. Well, not so long. January is reported when uh, they are supposed to go ahead and go back into space. Uh, They never made it to space, but they can lie to themselves all they want with your taxpayer money going down to uh, Virgin Galactic. Uh, So uh, there it is, folks. I guess uh, reportedly they're supposed to go in January. Hoping to have Rocket Man in before uh, the end of the year. That would be Harrison Schmidt. Uh, So looking forward uh, to that. Uh, Very sad to see how, you know, Chairman Steve Pierce complains about not getting any publicity, and then he can't go on a locally owned radio station, but he wants to go over to the uh, low-rated now, like 5th, 6th, 10th place KQB to talk to a fake Republican who bashed me the entire time. Uh, Chairman Pierce, you could do a lot better. Uh, You'll pay for your sins. It's pretty simple. So uh, you will have somebody running against you for the uh, chairman of the Republican Party. Uh, My respect and lack of respect that you're now showing this and what we're doing and I think your lack of effort during Mark Ronchetti's run, I think is going to get exposed. And uh, that is very disappointing to see, uh, Chairman Pierce. I thought yeah, I knew you better than that, and especially during this time where we've been all working on the same objective. I did text him and the executive director of the party uh, to no avail, uh, but they did print out my stuff where I told them that they needed to go ahead and put an APB on uh, Michelle Lujan Christian cheating back in 2018. So I thought that that was good. We've got to push. you got to have fighters. you got to have people who are going to step to the plate and don't care about uh, getting pushed back. And I certainly am one of those people, as you have seen. I lost to Chairman Pish by one vote. I don't plan on uh, 
I don't plan on running again, but plans are made to be broken, uh, sadly. So uh, we'll see what uh, comes down. Happy birthday to Matthew McConaughey. I do want you to all uh, take the time to watch a series binge watch. It'll take nine hours for you to do so. And uh, what is an absolutely epic masterpiece of cinema, if you will. And I'm not very good at cinema. I have a hard time watching a movie. But you should watch the series True Detective uh, with him and Woody Harrelson. And it is fantastic. Uh, one of the best things that I have ever watched. He's 53 years and he did not run for governor of the state of Texas. Your poll today is which of the following applies to you? Have you already voted in this year's election, either by absentee or early voting? Or do you plan on voting on election day? 73% of you plan to vote early or have voted already. 27% of you plan to go on election day. Folks, you have until tomorrow at 5 p.m., I believe, for the early voting. And then uh, turn out on Tuesday all day long, 7 to 7, and uh, we'll get the results, although I don't expect them to be final. We're pulling for Ron Ketty. We're pulling for Yvette Harrell. We're pulling for every single Republican up and down the ticket. My forecast for the House I'll have that to you firmly on Monday, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, put us at uh, at least 40-30. Could be as good as 38-32. We'll see. And then, of course, we have our Senate uh, races, New Mexico Senate races uh, coming in 2024. So looking forward to somebody unseating Mo Maestas. He's a terrible man. He's, I, I can't stand him. Um, he came in here. He had no idea. Langston. He must have assumed because Langston was black that I would never hire a black person or something along those lines or something. So he was he was he was jabbering in the elevator about how much to the guy that was going to interview him for a show on my station about how much he didn't like me, and then Langston walks right in. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, I, I'm safe." There's a black guy. He was talking all sorts of mess about me. And Langston said, "Eddie, you're not going to believe this. Uh, Mo Maestas was totally dogging you uh, in the elevator on the way up." And I said, "Well, uh, what do you expect?" And he was wearing a little beaner hat. Uh, Literally one of those, what do you, beaner's hats, you know, that you wrap around your skull. So anyway, uh, that's what I think about uh, Mo Maestas. 550-5500. Let's uh, jump into it and continue on uh, immigration. Why wasn't immigration a larger topic for 2022? The answer is simple. It has to do with the media. The media didn't want to amplify it and put it up there because they knew that the Democrats could not run on it, especially in a border state. Had they made it, had they decided to go ahead and and, and do that, uh, it, Mark Ronchetti would have shown uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham the door. Let's not forget what she did when she first came into office, okay? So we have a massive advantage on immigration moving forward, okay? And they've decided to say, okay, let's vote. And I've told you how these newly naturalized New Mexicans can sway the outcome of 2020. At least that's, that's what they were selling. And now it's naked. It's exhibited right there. Let's move on, uh, shall we, and talk about our next topic here this afternoon. And that's about vaccinations. Talk about these status moves that are going on. And uh, this is a sad thing because many of you did not have a choice. You were forced to keep your jobs. And you said, okay, I'll take the $500 or I'll make sure that uh, I guess that the the bus or the trailer or the whatever is going to come and vaccinate us is going to show up today. You know, we have a man who stood up against Sandia National Labs lost his job as a, uh, on account of that, and that would be Casey Peterson. And for those of you who stuck to your guns, uh, true to your conviction, let me tell you, uh, I heard an interesting t- t- statistic uh, earlier today, and it was the myo- uh, cases of myocarditis prior to COVID-19 vaccination was four in one million. Do you know what the new rate of myocarditis is? in our post-vaccination world, COVID vaccination world. 
25,000 in a million. That's 2.5%. Folks, this is a death shot. The clot shot is called that for a reason. It is a death shot. It takes five years to manufacture an accurate vaccine that is absolutely safe. Now, who are the healthiest people? It's a trick question, okay? Because none of us actually know who the healthiest people are, but this is a trick question. Follow me here. Give me some rope. It's people who are actively taking care of other people. Who would that be? That would be mothers. Mothers with babies in the womb. Okay? They're constantly worried about their sleep, you know, how they're eating. They're constantly measured for weight gain. They want to see how healthy the baby is in their stomach, their child. You know, so they're, they're constantly, you know, focused on how much and how well they're doing. If you're a doting father, you're staying on top of the mom, and you're staying on top of the child and making sure everything, you're not missing appointments, you're going to Lama's classes, all these things, right? Because you guys really care about health, right? So naturally, if I told you that your chances for a myocarditis go from four in a million, literally, to 25,000 in a million, you'd say, that's the last thing I want my pregnant wife to get. Well, take a listen, folks. It's all right here. This is a sad story. This coming from across the pond. This is what's happening in Britain. I feel really upset about lockdown, and I feel like I came out a very different person because of the impact lockdown mm. had on me. I think a lot of us did. I did a lot. I get upset thinking about it because of what I felt like I went through, but I did a lot of my first pregnancy and childbirth alone. Um... It's just appalling. Sorry, I didn't know I was going to get upset. No, it's so appalling, and it shows the but human I really, impact. I feel also that I was pressured into having a vaccine because I didn't want to... My grand's terminally ill, and I was so worried that if I didn't have the vaccine... Obviously, I did it when I was pregnant, and obviously your first thought is always that you want to protect your child. But there was so much like anti-vax narrative that I felt like if I said that I didn't want to get it... That, and then something happened to her that I would therefore be held responsible. Listen to that woman. That's pure love right there. She's thinking about everybody but herself, and she's willing to sacrifice despite her own better judgment. She was forced to do it. That's hard to listen to for all of us. It's hard to listen to mostly because so many of you have lived it. So many of you have been put into situations. And I want you to know that your governor is responsible for putting you in that situation and Dr. Disgrace, and a myriad of other people who are involved with that administration. The clot shot is real. It will kill you eventually. Now they're talking about passing that and putting it in your flu vaccination. Folks, we have gone on to authoritarian proportions in this United States. We've had more than a million people die from COVID-19. But how many more people have died that we can account for because of the vaccinations and 90% of all the deaths are now happening with triple vaxxed people. That's another statistic that is out there. The question on the table for GBN live across the pond is pandemic amnesty. Will you forgive and forget COVID authoritarianism? The answer is unequivocally. No, we'll take us out. And I think it's worth repeating one more time. <sighs> I feel really upset about lockdown and I feel like I came out a very different person because of the impact lockdown mm. had on me. I think a lot of us did. I did a lot. I get upset thinking about it because of what I felt like I went through, but I did a lot of my first pregnancy and childbirth alone. Um, 
And I, it's just appalling. Sorry, I didn't know I was going to get upset. No, it's so appalling frank. and it shows the but human I feel really, impact. I feel also that I was pressured into having a vaccine because I didn't want to... My grand's terminally ill and I was so worried that if I didn't have the vaccine... Obviously, I did it when I was pregnant and obviously your first thought is always that you want to protect your child. But there was so much like anti-vax narrative that I felt like if I said that I didn't want to so get it... Sad. This feeling inside I'm not one of those who can easily hide I don't have much money But boy, if I did I'd buy a big house where We both could live If I was a sculptor but then again, no, or a man who makes potions in the traveling shoe. I know it's not much, but it's the best I can do. My gift is my song, yeah, and this one's for you. Tell everybody This is your song It may be quite simple But now that it's done I hope you don't mind I hope you don't mind That I put down in words How wonderful life is While you're 50 Elton John greatest hits released uh, an old recording a uh, high fidelity one I was like that's original so many of us yeah, know the original and can sing sing song with it all I've got a surprise for you to kick off the third hour which if anybody knows who Baz Luhrmann is and uh, Moulin Rouge it's one of like the best movies I've ever seen I love all that operatic stuff so um, that the Romeo and Juliet one, and there's so many good things uh, that are out there and you should take notice, uh, while you still can five fifty fifty five hundred. that woman, uh, just absolutely breaks me just listening to her as she was pregnant. Um, and she was forced to take the vax and she felt like something could have happened to her mom, you know, and, uh, she did not want anything to happen and she was willing to sacrifice herself. That is love all the way around it. And uh, that is really something. It's a personal sacrifice so many of you have gone through. And, you know, I know so many of you are texting me right now sharing exactly that. Clot shot, myocarditis. Have you looked up the survival rate after a diagnosis of myocarditis? Not good. Why don't you send that in, came in, and let me know exactly what that is. Hi, Eddie. We need to let someone... <laughs> We need some let's go Brandon while we're on the road in the caravan. Is that, is that what you need? I know what you need. So for those of you listening, um, on, uh, on his way out yesterday, um, Joe Biden was doing, uh, was, was doing the, uh, the leaving town bit, you know, and I said, goodbye, Joe. We had a little bit of uh, jambalaya on that. And then, so instead of saying, uh, let's go Brandon, uh, I said F Joe Biden, uh, to this song. And I was like, this really works. So I don't know how this got sort of mismatched. Got, I haven't heard it anywhere else, but I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what we got to do. We got to sing F. Joe Biden, you know, to this. I was like, this works. So how about this for all of our caravanners uh, out there? Well, I'm getting through some uh, text messages here in the Kiva. So many of you guys out there caravanning today. 
Oh, wow. Look at that. Representing the red, white, and blue. That's right. Freedom Caravan here on this November 4th. Seven to one. Vaxxed over. Unvaxxed. Ready, Will? Everyone was and go Biden. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with exactly what this election is expert timing and uh we've uh, had a lot of the wuhan how's that for you guys hopefully uh that guys uh got you guys uh, going out there virus uh, hits seven to one vaxxed over unvaxxed that's tough uh eddie i resigned from my job at uh dancing il casino after nine years because of the vaccine mandate never been more happy to do it now at a job that pays more uh there it is uh whole eoc is happy to be working with all the villages to give everyone a chance to get up to date We'll have the Omicron booster clinics in each village starting on the weekend, Saturday, November 5th. The propaganda is just nonstop, folks. So please stay away from that shot. Uh, that's all I can say. Steve. Hey, Steve. Good man here. <laughs> F. Joe F. Joe Biden to We Will Rock. F. Joe. Say to We Will Rock You. We will, we will rock you. F. Joe, F. Joe. Okay, well... Anyway, I'm having a hard time putting that together as I'm thinking. When 30, 40 million illegals are given amnesty, they will vote for those who help them, which means our leaders in our country's direction will be decided by people who will always wave their flags while burning ours. With those numbers, Democrats will rule forever. Wife and I, Eddie, just voted for Mark Ronchetti. Yes, there we go, Mark Ronchetti. Mark Ronchetti and Eddie and Zanetti and Spaghetti. And let's throw it all up against the wall, shall we? Uh, 550, 50, 500. I text back in July predicting that in the winter when people are freezing that the government will want to nationalize those greedy oil companies. I worked in Venezuela, Venezuelano, before they turned socialistic and nationalized their oil industry. It was great. Prosperous, taking care of their people with capitalist profits. After they nationalized their oil industry, the government was too stupid to run the refineries or the production and drilling and exploration on the upstream side. They begged me to come back, and I did. After two months of not getting paid, I left. Now they are eating zoo animals to survive, Eddie. So when Biden said two days ago that he would take over, tax it at the oil companies unless they lower prices, that's a joke. Government couldn't run a corner gas station at this point. I'm a 4.0 Chem E. Wow, love this chemical engineering student. From the University of New Mexico, and I worked for Chevron for 10 years. I've been in consulting for the industry for 30. I can tell you that every capital project or product line other than environmental and health and safety had to show a rate of return for the capital you wanted. That's how capitalist for profit company stays competitive. Take it away, and we'll be Venezuela eating our own zoo animals. Call me anytime so we can talk. That's from Greg. I appreciate that, man. That's uh, good stuff. That's so smart. I just, don't you just love intelligence? I mean, these guys are just. Hey, Eddie, speaking for the economy, isn't it interesting that Chairman Powell of the Fed stated that the unemployment nationally has to get to 6% to tame inflation? Now, uh, aren't they speaking out of both sides of their mouths at this point? You can't put more people to work and have higher unemployment percentages. 
I wasn't alive in the Depression of the 20s, but this is getting ugly very fast. These idiot Democrats, how about we get energy, food, and utilities under control? If you keep that in check, you'll have a robust middle class of the economy beyond how they put sugar in the economic engine with COVID crap. Wow. Good one. Uh, Eddie, I saw an ad for Arizona candidate Mark Kelly promoting his border stance on an Albuquerque channel today. Wow, it's ridiculous. Why? They have so much money, they spend it in other states. Uh, Daniel says, uh, Carrie Lake has BDE. I don't know what BDE is, but that's uh, uh, probably an acronym for something sexual, I would imagine. Uh, F Joe, F Joe Biden, to we will, we will rock you. Okay? I'm sick of the leftist baloney, Eddie. Oh, that's great. Good. I'm glad that you guys are getting there. Uh, Two-minute info on Trump running again. Uh, November 14th is when he will declare. Uh, Patrick uh, says, Patrick Hattrick. Uh, you may not want to announce this on the radio just like like percentages and numbers. Well, too bad, Patrick. I started in already. I didn't even read it. I don't vet these before I go, so I just run with it, right? It's live radio. Rudy has the numbers. You know the percentage difference between Republican voters and Democratic voters other states that have the same educational issues as our state. I'd say like the bottom three states, meaning X amount of the percentage Democratic voters and X amount of the percentage of Republican voters and independent voters. Or I know there's a website, click on each state and each county. I just don't remember what the website is. I don't know if that website would actually give me the percentage differences that I'm asking for. That's from Patrick. If anybody has that, please send it in so I can uh, go ahead and get that back out to uh, Patrick. And we appreciate it. Uh, Dictionary Dave texted in yesterday. I haven't heard from him. I was kind of surly to the guy because, well, you know, he has a tendency to drone on. Well, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. That's cool, but, you know, we're trying to get through a show. So I have to, like, you know, be real quick. And I've got more material that I can cover in three hours. Um, I am trying to hurry today because I'm trying to get to the ESPO police blotter, just so you know, in third hour. Uh, Ron Ketty went on Hannity. He needs to be on the Kiva post house. I don't, I don't want any politicians on the Kiva other than the Republican chairman, and he knew that. He may not be asking. You may not be offering. Blame me demanding. Minnie Mao must be defeated, all in for the defensive home. It doesn't really help to play in your own stadium. That's all I can say. We heard from Ron Ketty. He already knows we're for him. In fact, it shows how much more we are for him, pushing for him, not hearing him because we're using our time. We already know who we're voting for. We know it's straight R's up and down the ticket. We don't vote for a single D, even if the D is the only choice on the ticket. We aren't going to advance their causes any longer. After all, you guys got uh, the, uh, you have to avenge the, the death. Dennis Chavez put that man to death. That's the long and the short of it. There's no other way to sort of, you know, put that, uh, put that in. So um, there you go. 550-5500. Rudy, real quick, you're out at, uh, I'm not going to have you do a uh, 606. I'm going to let you cut out of there because I know Monty's is shut down. But uh, uh, very quickly, everything cleared on the roads. How are we doing? You have uh, 15 yeah. seconds. Yeah, right now traffic is moving great. In fact, it's starting to thin out on I-25. And really no trouble spots at all in town, but it's going to be cold overnight. So prepare for that by the time you wake up. All right, there we go. Rudy, have a great weekend, and uh, I will see and you me. on Monday, bright and early 4 p.m. Yep. All right, hour two in the books. Here on a Friday afternoon, one more hour to wrap the week. We'll do that, you and me, here in the Kiva when I return. Live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday, The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. And this one's for you And you can tell everybody That this is your song It may be quite simple but Now that it's done Hope you don't mind I hope you don't mind 
that I put down in words How wonderful life is Now you're in the world Sat on the roof And I kicked off the moss Well, some of these verses, well, they They got me quite cross but the sun's been kind While I wrote this song It's for people like you that Keep it turned on So excuse me for getting But these things I do You see I've forgotten If the green or the blue Six in the 505 with more 411 here for the third hour. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIV, com. A great movie that you should all see, the Moulin Rouge, Baz Luhrmann. And a reminder of that after Elton's John's Greatest Hits released on this day back in 1974, the uh, great one there. Also talked about Boston, the Beatles earlier, and also Prince back in 84, 10 years later. An equally great album, Purple Rain, uh, there. He launched his tour in Detroit on this day on November 4th. So thanks, everybody, for joining in. I know so many of you wanted to hear the uh, replay of, I guess that would be my interview with Newt Gingrich. It was pretty good, and a lot of people were feeling really, really positive. 52 minutes, we have left to vote. All you have to do is be in line until 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, voting is all day tomorrow. I believe it opens up at 10 o'clock, goes to 5 at least, maybe 7 We'll see sort of uh, where it all ends up. We've got 3.3 points to close up on Michelle Lujan Grisham. I think we could definitely uh, get there, folks. If you decide to show up, don't be negative and focus forward on uh, getting this thing done. I want to give kudos to another woman who needs to be reelected. She's not fond of me, but uh, I'm fond of her as a congresswoman. That would be Congressman Yvette Harrell. And uh, I know many of you, as you just heard your heartbreak, were listening to that pregnant woman who has who had to get a uh, forced vaccination. Just absolutely ridiculous, right? I mean, why? It just makes sense some of the decisions that we've all had to, it doesn't make sense the decisions that we've all had to make. So uh, this was done back in 2021 on August the 6th, released by the Las Cruces Sun News. And COVID-19 vaccine mandates are picking up momentum among American employers, they wrote at the time. And New York City is the first city to announce a blanket vaccination requirement to access business and venues such as theaters. Well, fortunately, one good congresswoman saw through all of this and decided to go ahead and 
sponsor something called HR 2317, the We Will Not Comply Act. I am proud of Yvette Harrell for doing this. It introduced this and it stands a little, only a little amount of chance of passing. I don't think it did pass while Democrats hold a majority in the chamber. She signed on as a co-sponsor of the bill, joining nine GOP House colleagues in all this. According to the legislation, this is what courage sounds like. This is what courage is. If how many more people would have signed up back then to do this, knowing what they know now about myocarditis from four in a million to 25,000 in a million? The bill would extend the protections of Title II of the Civil Rights of 1964 to individuals who have not been vaccinated against COVID-19. That's the section of the law that protects people from discrimination in places of public accommodation, right? businesses, basically any venue, hotels, restaurants, theaters, on the basis of color, religion, or place of national origin. The bill also restricts federal funds from being used to enforce vaccine requirements. And prevents public schools from higher education institutions from making their vaccinations a condition of attendance or participation in any activity. She's my hero with this bill. This is the type of stuff that you run on, but not in New Mexico. This is one of those things that you have to wait until your last hour of the week to go ahead and push out there. Because there might be some crazy person who has these ideas that... Uh, we're not doing right. And they might be on the brink of voting for Yvette Harrell and every other thing and knowing that this won't get through. They would rather not vote for Yvette Harrell, but they don't want to vote for, you know, the lying, cheating, stealing Gabe Bosquez. It finalized by saying individuals who have been discriminated against because of their vaccine status or for refusing to comply with the mask requirement provided an avenue to seek damages in federal court under the bill's provisions. That was awesome. So post-election, once we take over the House, there's a lot of investigations that need to happen. A lot of them, okay? Republicans' chief House investigator is now vowing to take on the bureaucracy, starting with vaccine royalties. Who profited? Qui bono? Who got the benefit from all this? Representative James Cormer says it's time to get rid of these useless bureaucrats who are just in it to drain the American taxpayer. Nearly half of all Congress people and senators benefited by investing in Johnson Johnson, Moderna, and other things that they would have to approve and require. Yes, folks. It's a racket. James Cormer of Kentucky. Those are my kids. <laughs> just scared the heck out of me. The ranking Republican on the House Oversight Committee just told Just the News on Thursday that his top three investigative priorities include Biden family corruption. Here, here. The insecure southern border. You're here. And the origins and the handling of the COVID-19 pandemic, I put in the plan. Former said the GLAD category will include a deep review of the practices of the National Institute of Health. Thank you. Including large salaries, significant autonomy, and royalties for taxpayer-funded drugs and vaccines they've collected over the last two decades. Now we're seriously concerned, he says, about not just the origination of COVID, but also a lot of the COVID spending. You just found out that gain-of-function was employed last week, but no one's reporting because we've got an election. Fauci's looking out for us. We're concerned about the royalties of the high-ranking government officials we're getting from vaccine sales and about the slush fund at the NIH. He's on this. Fauci's, the NIH quarterback, was collecting 435000 a year and receives a lifetime pension exceeding three hundred fifty k nationally. Rand Paul, another one of my heroes, in addition to Yvette Harrell, 
in Washington revealed this summer that 27,000 royalty payments totaling more than $193 million for drug vaccine and other medical technologies were collected by 18,000 National Institute of Health employees. Probably not a single one of them received the actual vaccine. There's photo after photo, picture after picture, video after video of these people. What is seemingly like getting a vaccine, but they're not. A needle never enters their arm. This isn't conspiracy theory. It's fact, folks. Former also said federal bureaucrats have given have been given too much autonomy to act as they want without regard to the will of the Congress or federal law. One of the things that just drives me crazy, he says, the lack of respect by the government bureaucrats that continue to do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want, and they spend whatever they want as well. The Congress orders these agencies have certain budgets to put, you know, the line items in there, different types of spending, but then these bureaucrats turn around and do what they want. They're also going to be going after the head of the... Immigration and Border Enforcement, Alexander Mayorkas. This is all coming down, folks, because you decided to go ahead and vote red this November within a week. And I hope we stick to it. When I return, I'm going to go ahead and uh, replay, and uh, then I'm going to go bring it uh, straight directly into the ESPA blotter, I believe, after my interview with Newt Gingrich. There's a lot here to uh, talk about. In fact, we're going to skip the... I'm going to skip that. I, I, I just going to skip... I've got so much to get to, I want to make sure that we get through absolutely everything, okay? And um, here's what happened yesterday. <laughs> right? I, I mean, I, I, I want to continue with the enthusiasm because when I heard this, I was like, okay, well, here it is. And then today, it's all coming out, and then people are wanting to know well, what's happening, what's going on. I don't think that this works against us now. I don't. This was in, a, this was in Sioux City, Iowa yesterday. And did much better the second time than I did the first, getting millions more votes in 2020 than I got in 2016, and likewise, getting more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country by far. And now, in order to make our country successful and safe and glorious, I will very, very, very probably do it again, okay? Very, very, very probably. Very, very, very funny. Ah, that's nice. Well, get ready. That's all I'm telling you. Very soon. Get ready. People are ready. There it is. Two City, Iowa, if you're doing the same thing, people would feel that. I mean, it, it really is amazing. And I went directly on Twitter this morning, and I, I couldn't help myself. I absolutely couldn't help myself. I felt so good. Remember, they're going to do something because they don't want us feeling this positive, this in control, this vindicated. We really are. We got my ballot there on Twitter, and uh, I put it all out there uh, this morning when it comes to it's incredible, right? Um, here's Cernovich this morning. He says, uh, Twitter employees claim the site is built on a house of cards, proof that they didn't actually do any work and only found ways to censor people as they looted the company for stock options. Elon Musk was absolutely right. Elon writes this morning, Twitter has had a massive drop in revenue due to activist groups pressuring advertisers, even though nothing has changed with the content moderation. And we did everything we could to appease those activists. Extremely messed up. 
They're trying to destroy free speech in America. And then finally, I wrote this morning, ahead of that, when I log into Twitter, it asks me, what's happening? This morning, I think it's me that should be asking, hey, Twitter, what's happening? Hashtag Trump 2024. I jumped in the middle of all their stuff as they're on their way out. Goodbye, twits. And hashtag one team, hashtag Twitter layoffs. I couldn't be happier about those woke, soft leftists being forced out of Twitter after all the censoring, which also included that man. That man being banned on Twitter. The president of the United States. One more time, shall we? I think it's uh, well worth it just to hear it one more time. That's how good I'm feeling. And did much better the second time than I did the first. Getting millions more votes in 2020 than I got in 2016. And likewise, getting more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country by far. And now, in order to make our country successful and safe and glorious, I will very, very, very probably do it again, okay? Very, very, very probably. Very, very, very probably. Listen to that. Oh, that's nice. Well, get ready. That's all I'm telling you. Very soon. Get ready. So, so nice to hear that. And uh, as we look at this whole entire thing, Donald Trump's going to get a lot of credit for this, in addition to Ron DeSantis, in addition to the Republican Party, but mostly because of you, because you guys have stayed steadfast, you've stayed focused, and you remembered what happened to you back in 2020. Balance of power currently in the House is 220 to 212. Newt's going to tell you, as I did that interview on Wednesday, that the swing could be 20 to 60 votes. I mean, we could be north of 250. I was betting on 227, 208. 250. There's two vacancies. That's why the, uh, the numbers are slightly off, just so you know. I broke everything out. It's all right there from uh, Lincoln, about.bgov.gov.com, excuse me, for the races to watch in the House elections. They're all right there. What are the major factors? Fundraising messaging, low voter turnout seems to be a little bit lower in in Democrat, a little bit higher turnout in red states. Something about the confidence of Republicans just seems to increase when they know they have a chance, as I told you, in winning. That's what's going to happen in these last few days. People are going to line up because they're going to have a chance to elect Mark Ronchetti as governor of the state of New Mexico. That's going to be the difference is enthusiasm. Is anybody really enthusiastic about Michelle Lujan Grisham? Find any Democrat. They're not enthusiastic. The only thing they're interested in doing is stopping Trump. They'll do anything they possibly can because they cannot. That just literally melts their minds. They have meltdowns. And so now that we're about to wrap the midterm election across the country, and it'll take a little bit longer here in the state of New Mexico because there'll likely be a, re- a recount in all of this, the focus will turn within the next six days after the election, immediately to 2024. And we're back in the middle of this, fighting for survival so we can make it to 2026, so we can get to 250 years of this country. 
Washington Times had a, a good write-up about this. And I asked the question uh, of all of you today because, you know, I wanted to know. If he's telling you, get ready, that's all I'm telling you. Okay, I want to know, do you think that Trump is negatively affecting Tuesday, hinting at 2024 before the elections? Does that motivate the other side? I don't think it does. And even if it did, I think our side is much more motivated by him being in there. This is not Trump's election. He has stayed out of the fray entirely. But showing up on voter day, certainly the left thinks that Trump is a negative. I told you just yesterday, Tim Keller's approval rating is 33%. Joe in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, uh, Joe Biden's approval rating in New Mexico is 40%. Okay. He's at a negative net seven. It was 47 when he got elected. And Donald Trump is at 43%. You have all the links directly at rockoftalk.news. So that was my question to all of you because uh, the Washington Post wanted to write about it. Mike Pence is saying, uh, Pence on Trump in 2024. There might be somebody else I'd prefer. Well, let me tell you, you were added nothing to that ticket, Mr. Pence. I don't care if you were a talk radio host. Okay. To add a Kerry Lake, to add the governor of South Dakota, to add Ron DeSantis, to add anybody would be something that would be a welcome addition compared to this guy who didn't even stand it for Donald Trump at his most important time. He says he will not lend his support to Donald Trump if Trump runs in the next presidential election. It's fine. We don't need you. We have branding. And this landslide will lead, and think about it on the other side, the way that Donald Trump's thinking about it. A landslide victory, you come out on top of you, announce the boost right there will force Joe Biden out of office because it will be so strong that they'll know that a weak, debilitated man who's being taken advantage of, who's practically senile, has no chance against standing up against Donald Trump. So we will switch to that post-election. According to the Times out of Jacksonville, Florida, they said complicating matters for Donald Trump is the looming criminal indictment that may be handed down over his role in the January 6, 2021 attack. Well, if they would have, if they could have, they would have, right? You could put that man at this point in prison, and the more you hurt him, the more you help our cause. That's what's leading to this enthusiasm. In fact, them invading Mar-a-Lago, Mar-a-Lago, excuse me, that was terrible, is exactly what's going to get more and more people motivated because we know that the injustice that is happening. Could a president become a civil rights leader? Civil rights fighting for our anti-vaccination status or, or fighting about where we can go, what we can do? or fighting for our energy rights, about how much energy we can consume. I mean, this becomes a civil rights type of presidential election in 24. What type of country do we want to live in? What did our founding fathers want when they founded this country? That's what it's going to be. Is it going to be more of this new, woke, unsustainable uh, type of new policies that they've been trying to implement that make no sense and a majority of people don't like? Even you leftist progressives aren't on board with three quarters of the social um, impetuous on the, on the left side. You're like, oh, I'm going to move because they aren't really representing. And many of you are afraid to speak out. In fact, that's the biggest non-speaking part of this entire election is the independents. They're afraid to speak out during this time. And you have to ask yourself why? Well, they're afraid of the violent leftists who tore up cities and states throughout this country over the last six years. Every place from St. Louis to Minneapolis 
to Chicago, to Seattle, to Portland, to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and even Santa Fe as well. They tore those places up because they were angry because that man was president and because he was showing you the way that things were were actually better than the way that things are today. Make America great again. Get back to values, fundamentals. Let's not enable bad behavior, enable bad people to do bad things and decriminalize all the criminals that are out there as well. We decriminalized every person who ever had something on their record when it came to pot. How is that a focus? Why is that a thing? How did that get prioritized? You have to ask yourself these questions. We're going to be joined now by uh, Mr. Peterson. He's uh, going to be live in the Kiva tomorrow. And uh, he joins me uh, live right now here in the Kiva. Casey's got his show, Freedom Families United. And uh, he's got his basis points. Uh, and uh, where are you at, uh, Casey? Are you out at, uh, running around town in the caravan? Oh, yeah, we're out here in the Freedom Caravan with Liberty Lovers, of course, representing freedom out here and trying to represent the cause. It's actually been pretty good. We've got a lot of uh, honking thumbs up as well as a lot of uh, middle finger salutes. So oh, that's nice. All is well. <laughs> <laughs> Your big best friend there, right? He's always in the middle, isn't he? All right, so what do you guys got set up uh, for tomorrow? Are you guys going to talk about how we're back in Ukraine and Zelensky or how, uh, hey, you know, we could really trust those booths? What do you guys got lined up uh, for us? And I got to tell you, I posted that article on Wednesday of how you stood up against Indian National Labs. Uh, I think everybody should read that because I think it's very important. It's a, a profile uh, to borrow Kennedy's book, A Profile in Courage. Well, we appreciate that. We appreciate the shout out there. It did uh, take a lot of courage there, fighting back for freedom at Sandia National Laboratories, and it did end up eventually costing us our jobs there, but it's the right thing to do. But for tomorrow, um, probably the main thing we have lined up locally is the school board meeting we attended for all of APS. And the quotes we had that came out of that should concern every individual that hears them. Glisten showed up in mass talking about why we don't need the parental rights bill or parental rights policy that's KB1, and they were fighting against it strongly. They had an enormous amount of people show up, probably 20 to 30 different people speaking, and we're going to be highlighting some of those speakers there. And we, of course, showed up and represented, and uh, we'll talk about that. And also, uh, we had probably the biggest story of my lifetime drop this week, that story with the Intercept uh, actually showing proof. Right that the government was colluding with big tech in order to censor Americans. And this is the first time, we've always known this for a long while, but this is the first time we've had hard proof like this and such a mass amount of proof. So really a massive story. We wanted to dive into that and talk about the implications a little more. All right. And yeah, a lot more of full week recap, week on recap. You got the fam with you? I got the whole fam. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, I appreciate the... The wonderful uh, job that you guys are doing here on air. Everybody looks forward to your program from 1 to 3. You'll have your live call in, for, I believe, from 2 to 3 tomorrow. Can people call in, ask questions, offer comments, things like that from 2 to 3 tomorrow? Yep, we will be live taking comments from 1 to 3 p.m. tomorrow. All right, sounds good, Casey. You guys be safe out there and uh, make sure you when you get those salutes. Don't salute them back. How about that? Just uh, wave real high. when. <laughs> You know, I always remember my dad says, when someone does that to you, just wave, say, hey. <laughs> yeah, we just smile. People make a lot angrier. <laughs> All right, good stuff. All right, 550, 500. All right, when we return, we're going to do that, and then I'll bring it back uh, with the police blotter. Um, I'll do that uh, at 645. 
this evening for a little Friday fun, getting a little bit uh, more chilly out there as well. Please subscribe at rockoftalk.news. Download the apps at rockoftalk.com and rockoftalk. Uh, let's see, rockoftalk. Let's see, abq.fm, rockoftalk.com, and rockoftalk.tv. So I have a TV app, I have a radio app, so you can get them all there. Or you can just go to rockoftalk.news or rockoftalk.chat. There's a bunch of links at the top. You have uh, all of the notes uh, for the show and everything. Subscriber for 16 cents a day, five bucks a month, or 50 bucks a year. It's uh, that simple. When we return, Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, to give you some confidence for this weekend. It's 4,900. Once in my life, I have someone who needs me. Someone I've needed so long. For once unafraid, I can go where life leads me. Somehow I know I'll be strong. For once I can touch what my heart used to dream of. AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. I'm joined by uh, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich. You guys are all too familiar with him. And, of course, you see him. He ran for back in 2012. But the thing that I remember him most is, of course, the contract with America. It seems like we're having a new contract with America. Uh, welcome into the queue of Newt Gingrich and into Albuquerque, New Mexico. Thanks so much for being here. Listen, I'm, I'm delighted to be there to talk with you. And uh, I do think that Kevin McCarthy's um, commitment to America, which people can see at commitmenttoamerica.com, is in many ways very parallel to what we did uh, and is uh, a remarkable document. If you go to commitmenttoamerica.com, you'll see over 150 specific positive proposals to try to get America back working again. It's nice to have structure since we've been sort of uh, floating on all the way. And we're going to go back a little ways just because we just celebrated uh, 31 years, actually, since Clarence Thomas has been brought in. We're going to get to the legislative and the races and all that stuff. That's very important. And uh, McCarthy is doing a great job. And I'm glad that you're helping guide all of that. I've seen uh, you plenty of times on uh, Fox News uh, as well. But going back to judicial stuff, and we're now talking about some of that, uh, you know, heritage. Here's a man who didn't speak a word on the uh, bench for 10 years, Newt. And uh, here we are talking about affirmative action. Now, uh, this is kind of important. The uh, Supreme Court's really sort of taking over, and that's sort of the the thing that we control 6-3 from what it looks like. But you, of course, addressed it on your transgender note uh, directly to Joe Biden over the weekend. And that's kind of seen where those two sort of converge and come together. Give me your thoughts on uh, sort of the, uh, the heritage and the strength of that that we have right now with the Supreme Court. Well, I, look, I think the one of the things which will make Trump a very consequential president is the Supreme Court that he left. As he appointed three constitutional conservatives or nominated and the Senate confirmed three constitutional conservatives. That meant that for the first time since the early 1930s, you have a conservative court and it is reverting to actually enforcing the Constitution, doing exactly what former Justice Sirica uh, used to, to call for us to do. And and uh, I think that it's really, really an important thing to remember that um, we are dealing with a liberal worldview, which wanted to rewrite the Constitution, uh, disrespects the Declaration of Independence, uh, and uh, basically would change America in dramatic ways. We saw what happened with Justice Kavanaugh over the summer, the threats to his life, and now we're seeing the Democrats uh, sort of utilizing this in the one-off uh, thing that happened over the past weekend with uh, Paul Pelosi, husband to uh, Nancy Pelosi here, and trying to change the two uh, things that we're running on, really, it's crime 
and economy. Now, inflation, you just got the three-quarter bump uh, just about an hour and a half ago uh, earlier today, and that is uh, going to have some consequences. But I know that you're big on these uh, predictions, and we're going to sort of start there. We know that that's the two-prong approach. No no need to really kind of uh, beat that down. But your thoughts for the Senate, which seem to be sort of hit or miss. We've heard 50-50, the plus one, which it currently is. Uh, we've heard as high as 55-45. Governor Scott has uh, put that out there. Where do you see it? Why do you see it? And what are going to be the tough races in uh, your mind? Well, I, I think that it's important to recognize that when you have the current crisis in the cost of living, whether it's buying food or buying gasoline or buying heating oil or in the uh, very real problem now that we may be on the edge of running out of diesel fuel, which would be a disaster people haven't even begun to think about because mm-hmm. it, so much of what the country depends on is delivered by trucks who use diesel. Um, and uh, you then have the problem of crime. We have the worst crime we've had in at least, I would say, 40 years or more. Um, and we have a border wide open with cartels and fentanyl and human trafficking. Uh, you have uh, schools that have been teaching radicalism. And one of the side effects of the COVID school closings was people began to learn what was being taught their children and they were just appalled. And all over the country, I hear from people who are so angry at the way the schools have uh, gone from educating to indoctrinating and they've gone from teaching people to think to brainwashing. Uh, and so all of these things are swirling together. Uh, there's a Wall Street Journal report out yesterday that uh, women in the suburbs have moved 27% from Democrat to Republican since August. And I think it's the combination of crime and inflation and radicalism in the schools. So uh, I think these things are all moving. The reason I I give you that as background, because if that's what's happening, it's happening everywhere. Mm -hmm. So that puts... New Hampshire in play, where General Baldock, I think, probably is going to beat Maggie Hassan. Wow, that's bad. Uh, it it, it uh, probably puts uh, Pennsylvania in play, where I think Oz is going to beat Fetterman, because Fetterman has been the most pro-criminal uh, statewide official in the country. Uh, literally voted to re- release 25 murderers when nobody else on the five-person board would vote with him at all. Uh, you're, you're almost certainly, I think, uh, going to end up uh, winning Arizona, where okay. Mark Kelly has uh, wow. failed to uh, develop. You know, he's failed to fight to, to control the border. Yeah. And that's the biggest issue in Arizona. I think you're going to see um, Adam Laxalt, or the former attorney general, yeah. win the Senate seat in Nevada. And son of uh, Pete Domenici uh, here in our state of New Mexico, which who, of course, you knew was one of your colleagues. Oh, yeah. Pete was a great human being. Um, I would say also that uh, there's a real shot that Tiffany Smiley is going to win in Washington state. She's certainly within striking distance. And people are very, very tired of her opponent who's been there over 30 years. Uh, and finally, in Georgia, I think that uh, Herschel Walker is just uh, going to beat Warnock, uh, the Democratic senator. Uh, and uh, Herschel is, is, is a remarkable competitor and has gone all out and uh, has had a very good run. So I know that's uh, uh, very close to you, too, the Georgia race uh, being uh, from there, not to mention that's where you taught. But uh, will that go to a runoff speaker? It might. I have a hunch it's not going to, but some of my close friends think it is. I just have a hunch in the end that, that uh, Walker's going to win by a bigger, by more than 50 percent. Let's go to the he, point. He's, he's, he's ahead now in the most recent poll, 47-46, but the governor's doing very well, and the governor's now campaigning with him. Uh, and on the other side, Stacey Abrams is collapsing and yeah. behaving more and more idiotic. 
periodically. I mean, it's it's astonishing the things that she's she's grown desperate, and as a result, uh, she is saying and doing things that just make no sense at all. Absolutely, she's been doing that uh, for as long as she's been around as well. Uh, we're with Speaker Newt Gingrich. Uh, he is giving us his insights, and we're going to drill down here to New Mexico very quickly because there's some blue state bleed over that's coming in, turning New York, Michigan, of course, uh, uh, the uh, Oregon as well. But before we get to get uh, to that, let's get to the House. Uh, what is your forecast for that? You can just give us hard numbers and uh, give us a sure. couple of surprises if you would. Well, somewhere between plus 20 and plus 60. Uh, the, most, <laughs> the, most, the, the most likely number is 44. 44. Okay. I like that. That uh, sounds real good. That puts us, uh, I'm, I'm pushing it at uh, 227, 208, but I think you're thinking even higher. And we're looking- I think that this, this, to me, it's no accident. In addition, there's one particular school issue which, which affects about a million Orthodox Jews, uh, and the left wants to basically force them to accept cultural left-wing ideas in their schools, and Zeldin was the one guy who stood up and fought for them. So I think uh, he has a lot of things going his way right now in New York, in addition to the general wave of anti-Democrat, anti-Biden mood that is building. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I think you see something similar. I think Ranchetti's now much closer than people thought. Uh, he'd be in terms of the governor's race in New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, Carrie Lake is clearly going to win in Arizona. She she may be the most impressive single candidate in the country right now. I agree. Yeah, her, her ability to dis, uh, just actually decimate the media in those uh, quick hits that she's uh, mic'd up for that stuff is uh, absolutely viral right now. Thanks for mentioning New Mexico. And I just want to spend the last three minutes talking very quickly. Former DGA head Michelle Lujan Grisham, we were the lockdown kings, or in her case, the queen uh, of this country. Uh, we are highly dependent upon the federal government. In fact, Joe Biden uh, himself is coming in here tomorrow uh, about noontime to go ahead and uh, stump. Surprisingly there, we know Hillary's back out on the stumping, uh, even on media. We know Obama went out last week, uh, all sorts of ridiculousness. But, uh, you know, he's approaching a lot of safe places. So give me your thoughts. This would be the last state to flip, uh, Speaker Gingrich. Here's here's the problem they have. You bring in Obama, Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. You remind everyone that this is a national election, Uh, you know, Oh, oh, they, they don't lower the price of gasoline. They don't lower the price of food. They don't solve the problem of crime. Uh, they just go around and, and, and give speeches. And so I, I don't think it's, you know, if I were a candidate on the Democratic Party side, I wouldn't want Joe Biden to come in. All right. You know, and, and frankly, Hillary Clinton lost in 16 because she's just not likable. Mm-hmm. So having Hillary come by to lecture you may not be the best way to, to develop things. I, you know, I, I develop a lot of these ideas in a podcast I do uh, called Newt's World, and, and we do three a week that are free. And we do them to, 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 because I think what the country needs is a collection of positive ideas of solutions that will help us get the country back on track again. And uh, we've got to make this country work again. And I think that's a very, very important way to think about the near future. It's not about just defeating bad people. It's about defeating bad ideas and then replacing them with better ideas. And that's what you've been doing for a long time. You gave proper kudos to uh, Speaker McCarthy now as well. Uh, very quickly, we've got Mark Ronchetti. We've got a high level of quality candidates. He's a former news person, just like Kerry Lake is. He won his debates uh, outright, but he is up against a Democratic blue wall here in our state. You know, uh, if we could go ahead and turn the state of New Mexico, what's it going to take in your eyes being the last state going from blue to red here in this uh, all-important midterms? Your thoughts? It's real simple. 
go to the grocery store and ask people if they like what they're paying, and then go to the gas station and ask people if they like what they're paying. It's a big state. People have to drive long distances, and it gets more and more expensive the longer the left is in charge. One more time, your podcast, so we can go ahead and get it out to all the people it's, here. It's, well, it's, it's called Newt's World. Newt's World, there it is. Speaker Gingrich, thank you so much, Newt, for taking the time with us here in New Mexico. Okay. Ready to do it. We'll take a quick break. Back in three minutes with a check on weather and traffic with Rudy Grande. Donald J. Trump is now president of the United States. What a great honor to be able to introduce for the first time ever anywhere the 45th president of the United States of America, Donald Sorry <laughs> to my world. I am so sorry to my world. This is not what we want. We will face challenges. There's so much potential. Um, we will get the job done. For beauty and for devastation. In this one moment, it's almost incomprehensible that they can exist right now. So much, so incomprehensible that we could even exist. It's kind of incredible, isn't it? There it is, folks. Uh, let's see what it all looks like on Tuesday. And uh, get out there, back it up, go out, vote, make sure that you are represented, and uh, make sure that you guys get uh, Mark Ronchetti in there. It's an exciting day, uh, for sure. You guys are laughing, having a great time, keeping in a good mood, and getting you guys motivated. Pick up the phone, call 10 friends, make sure they're all voting, and we're all good to go. Hispanic voters are normal voters. Normies aren't happy. Our normie voters. Democrats about abort abortion message turned to fear mongering at the very end. That's from the uh, Washington uh, Times. They did. They uh, went to. It didn't work with the abortion. They lost their momentum. They they tried everything. Virus hits seven to one. Vaxed over unvaxed. That's from the Epic Times. Hi Eddie. The WHO is meeting in secret and refusing to disclose the public its intention to make amendments to international health regulations, which include implementing pandemic strategies and treaties, which would allow the Charles six at the WHO to bypass natural sovereignty and constitutions. I remember we talked about this uh, some time ago. This is a man I met down in Tombstone, Arizona. Bill of Rights, constitutions, etc. Be prepared for scamdemic part two. World is administered by psychopaths and administered by psychopaths. Run by psychopaths and run. Uh, there it is. Yesterday I joined Maria Bartiromo on Morning Maria to talk about our campaign for governor, a campaign to bring change to Mexico, at Mark Ronchetti on Twitter. So... Uh, let's see. Love the music today, Eddie. Can you please read the impeach MLG petition? Ooh, that's lengthy. I don't know if I can. As a reminder, everyone out there in Radio Land, who is your plus four to go and vote? I think we did that. Is the impeach MLG? Remember, before there was anything else, it was impeach MLG. No, you got no MLG. You got all these sites. They've done so much, right? Let's see. Impeach MLG still up? Oh, yeah, there it is. Look at it. <clears throat> okay. Let's see. I actually got this done. As you know, I was trying to impeach the governor way back when. Um, says, we the people of New Mexico are signing the recall petition for the express purpose of removing Governor Lujan Grisham for malfeasance. Specifically, the governor has the intentionality either personally or caused others under her direction to having been dishonest, acted illegally, and knowingly exceeded her authority, interfered to deny the public their constitutionally guaranteed rights by the following acts. Number one, the governor or her agents have lied or intentionally misled the public about the current state of affairs, effects, and public health threat of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. 
has intentionally overstated the dangers of the virus and denied the citizens many of the rights and privileges under the United States Constitution. Lack transparency in how the state of New Mexico has directed the hospital and medical systems to treat infected patients or allowed obvious threats to the public to transpire, including importing additional infected patients from out of the area and out of the state for improper reasons without any public disclosure or notice. Has intentionally misled the public with false data regarding the actual numbers of persons tested for the coronavirus. Has intentionally inflated the testing figures and false counting methods, including counting individuals more than once who have previously been counted or tested. Has intentionally manipulated the number of persons who have been tested as positive for COVID-19 in order to further her agenda and justify her draconian actions against the public. Has arbitrarily and capriciously imposed extreme measures against the public at large, including falsely imprisoning the public, forcing the public to remain in their homes, and forcing medical quarantines on healthy individuals. Has intentionally allowed dangerous offenders to be offended to be released from judicially imposed incarceration, has prevented lawful and peaceful demonstrations, and completely interfered with the public's First Amendment rights, has arbitrarily and capriciously denied businesses from conducting legal activities, has ignored all standards of reason in deciding essential and non-essential business categories, with no public disclosure, no listing or category, has provided no explanation of how our administration has determined any category, has intentionally, willfully, and with malicious intent, forced mid-sized and small businesses to be closed under threat of legal and financial penalty. Yet, has continued to allow large national and international companies to remain in operation. This intentional act is willful, malicious, and indeed intended to enforce small businesses to remain closed. With callous and neglectful disregard, with complete knowledge, most small companies will never financially recover and likely be forced to close forever. Has intentionally caused grievous harm to the economy of the great state of New Mexico for completely unsubstantiated scientific and medical reasons, and is acting with the appearance of total uncontrolled tyrannical attitude, especially in the face of any criticism has acted with complete disregard in a manner of becoming the position of the office of the governor of New Mexico, has enacted, has acted maliciously with intentional harm towards the state industries, including the oil and gas sector, by personally, purposefully imposing the Energy Transition Act without any legal, scientific, or financial understanding, or reasonable expectation that the act will benefit the state economy of public, and in actuality has acknowledged the act will cause massive economic harm to the existing energy sector, and knowingly will cause massive economic and hardship to the citizens of New Mexico. As such, we, the people of New Mexico, are signing and affirming our demands and desire for the governor of New Mexico to be removed from the office for intentional actions amounting to both malfeasance and misfeasance. I affirm I agree to the above petition. I'm affixing my signature as a proof of my support. Signed, Eddie Aragon. Printed name, Eddie Aragon. County of voted registration, Bernalillo County. Address 2309 Renard, Southeast, uh, Suite 204. Phone number 505-550-5500. Email rockoftalk at me.com. Mail to Rock of Talk. We received uh, more than 8,500 of those. We just re we just recounted all of those that are in here. Or you can go to 1ABQ or rockoftalk.com. All right there, folks. All right there. Just doing that ahead of time. So, Mark, get it done, buddy. That's what we need from you, okay? My 12-year-old had just discovered Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, my son, too. Uh, he's all over it. Boom, two years ago you wrote that petition, Eddie. Have we had enough yet? Every one of you who signed it, get it out and vote, and that's how's that for getting out the vote. I think so. You know what she is responsible for, and let's have a little bit of fun to close everything off, shall we? The good people of Española fighting hard. So hard. How hard are they fighting, though? The Police Blotter is published to give the readers an abridged look at criminal activities in their community and neighborhood. It's just an illustration, be calm, of what local law enforcement funded by taxpayers must deal with throughout the Espa Valley now. Española police officers, okay, a Wingate tribal police, real Riba county sheriff's deputies or state police responded to the following calls. Hey, this is all recent, bro. October 24th, this is published in the Rio Grande Sun. Looking at windows, 12.03 a.m. A call reported a vehicle collision in Velarde. 
The caller didn't stop. They saw the glass on the road and wanted to let somebody know. 6.49 a.m. A triple S caller said a car is traveling north in the southbound lanes. 7.53 a.m. A CVS caller said the lights at the intersection are out and people are running them. He's just blowing right through those lights. You're supposed to stop if you don't see a light, right? 12.37 p.m. An eastbound street caller reported a man in a hoodie is walking toward the plaza carrying a chainsaw. Oh, spooky. 2.52 p.m. A Lumberton caller said a man is drunk and staggering all over the place. A Calle del Rio caller said they heard shots fired at 1.19 a.m. 12.13 p.m. A Tosuke Drive caller reported her house was broken into. An El Rey Liquors caller at 12.13 p.m. at the same time. A lot of crime in the Espa. Said a man is irate and yelling for help behind the buildings. 2.27 a.m. A firefighter saw what looked like flames coming from the side of the road near Northern New Mexico College. That's where Hector's going. He's going to put out the flames. He determined someone was conducting an illegal burn. 2.36 p.m. A Circle C caller said a man is on the property. He's going through the trash now. Looking for food. 5.02 p.m. El Guique caller said she needs an ambulance because her brother-in-law's all drunk and passed out. He won't wake up. Wake up. Stupid. 8.26 p.m. An alcalde caller reported people are firing guns behind her house. Make it stop. Time to call for those courtesy rounds. 10.32 p.m. A Lowe's home improvement caller reported that quote-unquote kids are making a mess in the parking lot. Riding their skateboards. 11.34 p.m. Chili is kind of late. That a woman stole his phone. He said his daughter left the phone on the table and the waitress picked it up. She stole it. Well, you left it. Did I steal it or did you left it? Oh, boy. Tougher. The crime is escalating up in Espa, no doubt about it. 12.02 a.m. An officer stopped to check on a man who slumped over at the OK Casino. He had too much. He went hard. He was looking for the, for the, he thought he could get a Powerball over there. He got power drunk. 12.08 a.m. An OK Casino caller said two men are trying to throw down in the parking lot. What's that mean? Are they trying to throw somebody out? Get down. You mean out of the car? No, throw down. What's that? 1.15 a.m. A caller reported a man is throwing rocks at passing cars near another man's treasure. That's the name of a business. What is that? The ladies of the night go there. 1.34 p.m. A Pacheco Lane caller said a man is walking around with one white glove on his hand. It's like Michael Jackson. I found him. Mira, he's here. 2.08 p.m. A caller reported people are shooting near the water tank behind Española Valley High School. We're not going to have any water for the fountains. So I can wet my beak. Get kind of thirsty. Get that cotton mouth, you know. Especially the next day after tying one on with all my buddies. 7.31 p.m. A caller requested a welfare check on a man walking toward Okea Winge because it's getting kind of dark. All sick, 9.31 p.m. An all sick caller wants a man trespass. What? What does that even? I don't even know. That doesn't make any sense. And that's, that all sucks. Gotta get a slush puppy with a chimmy. 9.52 p.m. An Española Valley High School caller said an 18-year-old has a very large knife. He tried to take it into the school dance. He was threatening women. He wanted them to dance with him. 2.54 a.m. A La Jolla Street caller reported her child's father hit her. And she can't even feel her face. Ah, that's sad. Why? 9.03 a.m. A Las Lomas Apartments caller said her 28-year-old son is fighting with her boyfriend. 
You mean his boyfriend? Did you just say something out loud here? Is he the girl in the relationship? What's going on? What's happening? Why? 9.21 a.m. An officer issued a parking violation at Walmart. Hey, there's a lot of parking spaces. I can park anywhere. Why? You don't need to issue me a citation. 9.34 a.m. A Fairview Lane caller wants to speak with an officer because her catalytic converter was stolen. Oh, that, that, that gets, happens a lot up in uh, Espa. 10.55, 9.55 a.m. <laughs> A South McCurdy Road caller said there's squatters behind her house who are stealing firewood. 10.04 a.m. A caller requested a welfare check on a man who's rolling on the floor and turning in circles. And finally, a Jalen Lane caller reported a man broke the lock to her shed and tried to take her bikes. 5.50.55. I know we're going to go out to some good music. And uh, we, we crossed through the uh, barrier on this day, back in the day, 1984 to be exact. And let's check the polls real quick. Let's see uh, how many of you guys have voted, what, what percentages are out there. Thanks to all of you who uh, joined in the caravan this afternoon with Nat Jaybird and, you know, um, Mikhail and uh, Casey, and they're all going to be here tomorrow. So uh, support them, help them, all of that kind of good stuff. Get them out there, and that's uh, good. Okay, here we are. Okay, 71% of you plan to vote early or have already early voted another 20 the other 29 percent plan to vote on election day whatever you choose to do make sure that you get out and vote yep it was on this day back in 1984 folks that's right 1984 that prince's purple rain concerts uh were released i remember um i can't think of her name i think her name was denise she was the the daughter of Mike, and she had everything purple in her room, and she was all ready to go jump with Prince and the Revolution out of Minneapolis. So uh, here's my favorite Prince song, maybe yours too. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. See you bright and early tomorrow, 7 a.m. We'll kick it off with the Saturday in the salon, and then we'll move even further throughout the rest of the day with more live programming. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. See you then.
live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday. The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque.